Welcome to the Romecast. I am your host, the Mortal Kombat fan Tim, and with me as always is my co-host, our lore master Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thanks, Fan Tim, and thanks for our returning guests too. Welcome, guys. Phantom, uh, you want to introduce everybody? Yeah, so we have Tabmok here with us. Uh, you might remember him. I mean, of course, if you follow Mortal Kombat, you know Tabmok, but he was previously with us on our Mortal Kombat's Forgotten Lore episode. And then we've also, so, hey, Tabmok, how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me here, guys. Hey, Welcome glad back. to have you back. <laughs> and then we've also brought back, we've brought back Brusque Poet, who came on the show previously to talk about Mortal Kombat 11's inconsistencies. So welcome back, Brusque. Happy to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining. And guys, if you haven't checked them out, uh, there was, were some fun episodes. So have a listen. So normally we start off, you know, kind of talking about how Mortal Kombat has affected you. But since you're both returning guests, let's tell everyone uh, why we're here today. Yanni, do you want to kind of break it down? Yeah, sure. So it's quite common knowledge that there are a lot of fans of Mortal Kombat 2021, the movie, and there are a lot of people who did not like the Mortal Kombat 2021 movie. So we here at the Realmcast, Phantom and I have made it clear that there were things that we both really liked and things that we were very unhappy with right there was a sort of balance to what we've thought but we generally did sort of enjoy the movie despite those uh problems that we had with it however we decided to bring on two almost opposing viewpoints onto the show to talk about the movie with us um phantom you want to break it down yeah so we have uh basically taken the whole movie and broken down into 10 different uh like chapters or sections parts of the movies different acts and we're just going to kind of start talking about these different parts of the movie and give you guys an opportunity to kind of talk about what you did and didn't like about it. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say which one of our guests is, you know, the hater for the movie, and which one's the supporter for the movie, but l- let's uh, go ahead and just ask you, you can guys. just look. <laughs> and so, you can tell. <laughs> so let's start this off on a positive note. Um, why don't you tell us who is your favorite character in the new movie? Um, maybe this will help our listeners kind of to figure out, who liked the movie and who didn't so i'm not expecting either of you to say cole turner was my favorite character but if that's it then please oh, yeah, you mean <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's right oh, yeah. same thing it's been a while all right tabmok who was your favorite character in the movie uh without a doubt hands down kano he had all the best lines all right uh you know what i i i i think objectively it's kano for me but i think if I really want to put a spin on this, I will say Kung Lao. I think because I really, I, I did really like Kung Lao. I really liked his characterization. I, I mean, we'll probably get into it a little bit later, but just a quick, uh, just a, a little quick uh, summary as to why I, li- I really like Kung Lao was because I think his, his, uh, the way they portrayed his character in this movie was different from the games and different from how he's been in the games recently. And I really am not a fan of how he is in the games. And having the opposite approach in the movie, I think, was the step in the right direction. Well, Kung Lao's entrance in the movie was pretty badass. It was pretty mm-hmm. good, yeah. So, like, uh, we'll get into it maybe a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I, Kung Lao was pretty good. You know what? This, these answers are not at all what I expected from either of you. So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's kind of leaving everybody in the dark. But I, I want to hear what you expected now. Oh, see, 
Uh, Tamak, I expected you to say coal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and Brusque, I, Brusque, I expected Brus to say Kano, but, but uh, I don't okay. know. Tamak, I don't know who who I expected from you, but I expected Brus to say Kano. I thought you were going to say that uh, you expected me to say no, nobody. I hated that, everything. That too. <laughs> I, was expecting, I was initially expecting Liu Kang, but then I realized that actually you would probably have some problems with how he was portrayed this time. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into ah, it. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to take us through the first part yeah let's talk about the first part of the movie um the first section you know we're going to kind of talk about is before even the the movie title gets displayed on the screen it's the whole feudal japan scene with uh hanzo and bihan and you know uh, this is where we kind of get our first introduction into mortal Kombat in a way um we see bihan's family murdered uh we say i mean excuse me we see uh, hanzo's, hanzo's family murdered yeah. uh we see bihan kind of displaying his uh his freezing powers and things like that um and he's not officially sub-zero in this scene so i don't know kind of tell me what were your guys opinions of this opening scene did you feel like this was going to be the Mortal Kombat movie that you had hoped for or uh, did kind of start setting up your expectations you you remember the studio kind of released that scene like online like here's like the first seven minutes of the movie so everybody knew uh, what was going to happen even before they went to see it in theaters or HBO Max, wherever they saw it. But I thought it was a great scene. In fact, I remember Ed Boon and John Tobias, they were at um, they were at Comic-Con a couple months ago, like over the summer, and they were saying that that opening scene was the best part of the entire movie. And I think a lot of fans did feel that that was like mm-hmm. the best part was right how it opened up. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the, the you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero were kind of, the first movie, the 1995 film, was done right, but Scorpion and Sub-Zero sort of got done dirty by that film. And in here, they kind of made up for it. By Scorpion and Sub-Zero, their rivalry was portrayed right here. Except for maybe the fact that it shouldn't have happened 500 years ago. Uh, whatever. They, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of like the MK Legacy route as far as that's concerned. Uh, but I see, where, I see where they were borrowing from. I mean, there was precedent there that they kind of used. And uh, they made it work in the film. And it was a fun scene to watch, for sure. I think in the grand scheme of things, it was it's objectively one of the biggest highlights of the movie. It's objectively one of the best. It's just objectively one of the best parts of the movie. And I've I've been on record saying that and I will always stick by that. Um, I can get it. We can get into nitpicks. I mean, Tabmog said it like it probably shouldn't have taken place 500 years ago. I think they do that because of legacy and they do that because I think they believe that. They don't believe ninja clans can exist in the modern era, even though Daredevil did it and nobody had a problem with it. And I feel like if you really had a you know, good writing mind, you can probably make it work. I really don't think people would care that much because it's, it's Mortal Kombat. It's fantasy. Um, but, you know, like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's 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 a really, really good scene. It's almost an entirely different movie, an entirely different kind of like uh, atmosphere than what the rest of the film is. But overall, I will always say that's probably one of the best parts of the movie, 100%. Yanni, was there anything particular you liked or disliked about this scene? I mean, it, I've also said, I think even in our review, uh, that that was the best scene of the movie for me. Like, it had the best fight, in my opinion. Um, without jumping the gun, I would compare it to the final fight. <laughs> um, it, was, it was the best fight of the movie. It was the best scene, in my opinion, in the movie, too. I liked the whole... I mean, exactly as as Tabmok just said, uh, it, I felt the Scorpion Sub Zero relationship in the first, the original movie, wasn't done justice. Even though we all loved the movie, you know, it has a special place in all of our hearts. It was a great movie, and it was 
until somewhat recently, I would say the the defining video game movie of, ever, really, you know. Um, but their relationship truly did get done properly in this scene specifically, at least. And I also Bless do you. agree in the sense. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if it was a cough or a sneeze. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like the same as you guys. It shouldn't have been in that age. I, I, true, I, I think that it was a very good point, actually, about how Daredevil did it properly. And they could have taken notes from that. What about you, Benton? Well, so I, I did love the scene. I actually avoided spoilers on this and I didn't watch it when it came out on like on every social media platform and was like being bombarded all over my my feed and stuff. I, I avoided it like like the plague. Like I didn't want to be near it. Um, but then, you know, as the scene went on, it was great. But then, you know, there's that moment where you're like, OK, I see where this movie's going. And that's when, you know, Raiden shows up. Or uh, actually when, when Hanzo's dying and he's like trying to get back to his house and, you know, he's kind of bleeding out and his, uh, his birthmark or his tattoo or whatever lights up and, and he disappears. Arcana. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get the whole Arcana right out of the gate. And then, you know, we see that uh, Hanzo has a hidden baby that has never existed in Mortal Kombat lore ever in, in like in any form. And so, that's when I was just kind of like, uh, okay, you know, you're adding something new that that's, it could be okay. Let's, let's see where this goes. So that was my big kind of uh, moment in the movie when, like when, when that feeling started to happen for me. Um, what about you guys? Did, did you react the same way or did you like that addition? No, I, I mean, I wasn't crazy about that addition, but I, I felt like the writers did what they had to do in order to somehow make Cole Young fit into the lore better. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah basically, it was their way of, you know, readying Cole. And I think everybody knew who Cole was going in. So, like, it's not, it was like, okay, well, that, there it is. That, that's how they're, they're going to explain it and stuff, which, I mean, we could talk about Cole as a whole kind of worms. It doesn't really start. I don't think it really starts with the Japan scene. So. <laughs> no, no, but you know what? When you're bad for Christmas, you get coal. So maybe all the Mortal Kombat fans are bad. I don't know. You know, you got a point. I think you're. I don't think you're entirely wrong. <laughs> so why don't we just go straight into coal? I mean, that's the next part of of yeah. the movie. So uh, coming up in the next in the movie, you know, you get the whole intro card, which displays on big letters on the screen: uh, Earth Realm is on the verge of catastrophe. Should it lose one more tournament, the Savage Realm of Outworld will invade. But an ancient prophecy foretells that a new group of champions will be united by the rise of Hanzo Hasashi's blood. And from there, we get Cole's introduction. And this is the whole um, UFC, like the, the whole cage fighting scene that we get to see. Um, what did you guys think about this part of the movie? I'll let Bruce go first this time. I took oh, over man. first last time. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to I don't know if I want to get into like a whole like whole rant or like what I thought about, like the whole like scene of the like uh, what, like what I think about, like uh, like about the scene. Like what, what do you guys want me to talk about, like the scene specifically or the, the whole sequence or like all in, in general as the character? You can go into your rant, but keep it uh, narrowed down to the scene. Uh, OK, all right. We'll talk about the scene. Uh, well, I, I feel like the scene. It, it speaks on the Cole character and the problems with them, but I think. I think with the scene, I think it could have been a better like it could have been an opportunity to explain why he's washed up. Why is he like 
Why is he not no longer good anymore as like a fighter or something like that? Why isn't he good at all if he ever was before? Um, like explain why we're not really like given any sort of like explanation on that. We're supposed to like kind of care about him because he has a family, and I don't think it, this the scene at all establishes anything to care about our protagonist. Like the, the if anything, the scene just explains that he has a mark and um he loses fights and he's not good. So and it's a cool uh, mark, and I wish I had one. Yeah. <laughs> Did you want him to have like arthritis or something and, and that's why he's washed out? <laughs> no, just like something like, hey, like why like why are you what 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 brought you from being good to being bad or why yeah. are you bad or something like you know it's just something something to cons- some sort of character development it could have just been a lot better yeah they're just telling you that he got bad and we don't really know 100 percent why that is mm-hmm. yeah Temak, was there anything in particular you enjoyed about the scene i mean this is where we got to see his wife's introduction and and his daughter and you know you could see the gym master and and things like that i guess what i enjoyed about the scene the most was probably the um you know the fact that he beat eddie tobias i thought that was a fun little <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> that was yeah that that was fun oh and then also uh you could see the johnny cage poster in the background i was like telling my friends hey look that's a johnny cage poster that's a johnny cage poster right there and then they came (laughs) back to it and showed it in detail at the end yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so those are my two favorite things is the little easter eggs there you know one thing that really bothered me about this scene was we got to see you know cole's wife introduced but at this point there's there's no chemistry or anything you're like is this woman still with this guy? Like she's just wrapping his hands and then she's like, I'm leaving. I don't want to watch the fight. And you're like, is is she <laughs> like, does she care? Or is she just like, I'm done. I, I came here when I was supposed to. Is she, is she is his manager or what's going on? Exactly. You know, you know what's funny is I always kind of saw that. I'm like, that seemed right to me the way she was acting. That felt right because it's <laughs> like, I can't sit here and watch my husband get beat up. This is hard to watch. I know it makes money. I don't want him to settle down and become an accountant or something like that. I know he has to do this to support us, but it's just hard to watch. I, I could see that. It, this I don't know. For me, it was there was no chemistry. There was like they. No, there they, wasn't. There yeah, wasn't. I, I mean, I, like I, I know I know what Tabmok is saying, which is true. It's just that there was no chemistry. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, see, I know what Tabmok is saying as well, but I cannot help but deny that I felt exactly what Phantom just said. I wasn't sure if they were together or not, judging by how well, this. Well, let me ask you guys out. a question: If you were watching your girlfriend or your wife getting beaten up. Wouldn't you just walk away from it? I'd probably save her tab money. <laughs> yeah, <I'd probably> <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick question. You <laughs> so we also, you know, in this whole fight scene too, you know, you're establishing Cole as the human punching bag. And he, uh, you know, he's in the cage. He's actually winning for part of this fight. Like he's got the guy in this arm bar. And then all of a sudden the guy slips out gets Cole in this crucifix and Cole ends up like tapping out. Like it's it, it like it's like it, that. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's brutal in a way, but at the same time, you're like, you suck so bad. <laughs> like yeah. what just happened? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it goes back to what I said is like the, the scene establishes that this character sucks. and can't win fights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get yeah. the feeling that he's not even trying anymore. Yeah, yeah, that could mm-hmm. be one way to look at it. And, uh, you know, I like that. That's if I want to go back and look at it in a more positive aspect, I might think, you know, maybe he's just not trying. That's what this I mean, is. It kind of leads into really what later on becomes his arcana, kind of, in the sense that he becomes he, like he's treated like a punching bag. And they definitely play on the whole 
idea that he's not winning fights at this point in time, right? And from the majority of the movie, right? So then that sort of becomes his 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 power, as we'll later discuss. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was brutal. But at the same time, when I'm watching this and I'm seeing a UFC fight in a Mortal Kombat movie, I'm thinking you can't win a UFC fight. How are you going to go out there and possibly get your head caved in? You know. So I mean, that part was a bit concerning to me. But I think that the most I, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like many people don't focus on this part, and that's weird to me. The, the, the most annoying part of this wasn't even the UFC part. It was the fact that we got the intro card. We had this... No, I, I was going to bring that up, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah go sure. Ahead. I think I know where you're going with No, 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 no. no. I, I wanna, I, I just, just, just so we're on the same page, I want to see what you're going to say first. Okay, cool. So, okay, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> we had this amazing opening scene, right? And it was cool. Uh, as we just said, it was our, many of our favorite scenes, really. Um, from the movie, but it then leads into an intro card when this exactly what was established in the intro card could have been done in the intro scene if they'd just chosen a, a different time, a different point in time to go with. And then on top of that, we might not even have had to have it actually be in that setting. It could have gone with the original canon lore of it being in the temple of the elements, right? Where, where Sub-Zero and Scorpion actually both fight, you know, where Bihan and Scorpion actually fight rather. So why not just go with that? And really, if you are going to change it up just for the, the sake of it, then at least put the intro card in the actual scene and set it at the right point in time, instead of just giving us this, this little quick summary of what's happening and then showing us this totally, in my opinion, uninteresting scene to do with UFC. Uh, well, what I was going to say is like completely like different. I was just going to say like anytime you have like some sort of like title card that it has like a huge, not a huge, but like looks like 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 multiple line, uh, multiple line, sen well, multiple sentences explaining exactly like what's going on in the movie or what the plot of the movie is. I feel like that's a little like cheap and weak storytelling is it when you kind of like explain exactly what the movie's about in text, like in the beginning of the movie. Like, but OK, you got to show us that. Like, you know, it goes back to an old rule of storytelling. It's it's show, not tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no. But then what about Star Wars? Yeah. Well, um, I think it's a tradition at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So like it's, it's, got away yeah. with it. They get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If everyone does that, then you're just copying off Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so what if Mortal Kombat does this for the next movie, too, but with just like a little quick. Thing. Well, if and it's it just like one tradition. or two sentences, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like if it's like one or two sentences, it's fine. But you know, like Star Wars is a tradition. It's an it's a it's a it's a unique case, um, especially considering like it's it came from a point in time where it was it that sort of was. I don't think it was a norm, but like it was like, you know, it it, it was definitely like one of the first blockbusters of of uh, it was the one of the first blockbusters in film history. So like you know, it kind of like it's it's. It has put its footprint or it's put its foot down uh, on that kind of like territory. It's like kind of like, that's, mark, like Star that's, Wars. that's sort of their thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but I think, but yeah, they I think claimed you get it. it. No, they claimed that territory as their own. Nobody else can really do it without being a Star Wars ripoff now. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm with you. You know, I, I try not to compare this movie too much to the 90s Mortal Kombat movie because that's its own thing. But at the same time, I mean, this is one of those things that the 90s movie managed to do. It it told you the entire thing about what's going on. There's a tournament like and they didn't have to do it with any, you know, text overlay. It was no, no. The closest we got to a text overlay in the 1995 film was Brother Dead Return Home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So the next part of the movie, it jumps over to Outworld, and this is your first view of what Outworld looks like. Um, you know, you get the whole desert scene, and you get Shang Tsung uh, kind of being introduced. He's talking to Sub Zero in that big, like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a big cliff <laughs> in the sky. Big, I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> so Shang Tsung lives on a cliff (laughs) (laughs) and we get a little bit of a you know does he live there or does he just work there uh, see that's the question he works on a cliff (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) you know if he did work there it'd be kind of cool maybe he like oversees the people mining cobalt down below or something like that like that that could be a cool little thing there we go reference to the cobalt mines (laughs) right (laughs) so they expand on the are you are you're gonna ask us about what we thought about the setting of Outworld and like how we thought that it looked? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I actually thought that it kind of reminded me of MK Deception's Conquest mode. When you go to Outworld, it looks very purple, right? Shujinko's running around, kind of on a bridge on a cliff that looks like it's it's hovering above a, a bottomless chasm. There, I kind of thought it gave me MK Deception vibes. I didn't mind mm. it. I thought this movie actually represented Outworld better than some of the current games do. Because now when I look at Outworld. It looks like a developing country. It doesn't look special or unique. It just looks like yes. another place that you could go to. It might as well be on Earth. But this movie, they made sure that Outworld didn't look like Earth. And I thought they did it better than some of the current games even do. Uh, yeah. I would half agree that I'm, I'm glad that Outworld doesn't look like the Middle East anymore. But it also like is missing the the purple, like uh, the purple uh, sort of uh, color. The, the sky, the purple sky and all that kind of stuff. It's it's missing that. And it I feel and it's a little purple. In yeah, some sense, but I don't think in that one. In a little bit, but I don't I don't think in the open. I don't think in the first scene it was at least I, I might not be, might not be remembering it correctly. But I just, I just wish it was as purple as Deception was. But it, yeah. it, it, it didn't it doesn't really sell me that much on Outworld. Um, I guess my. I, I guess when we're talking about the scene, I feel it, it, it's I think it's super misplaced in terms of like editing because we go from feudal Japan to like modern day like Philly or like wherever it was is Chicago. Like I think that, and, uh, like a fight cage in Chicago and then we're going to Outworld. I'm just like, OK, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> like like it, it's 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 I think it's misplaced in terms of editing. Um, But like that's not even the scene where we, we first see Shang Tsung, but that's not even the scene where we are properly introduced to Shang Tsung. Like, mm-hmm. like we, we don't even know who that character is. Like, is, and like, I think, but he appears four times on the screen until like we're properly introduced. Like, we properly actually know who the character is and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that might, is that also the scene where like Sub Zero, where Sub Zero says, I'm no longer Bihan, I'm Sub Zero? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, what, what the fuck does that even mean? Like in this movie, like what does that even mean? Like, like, like has Shang has Shang Tsung been uh, being mis uh, uh, has been mischaracterizing? Yeah, yeah, misnaming him this entire time for like five hundred years. Like, what the fuck? And just not it's until now, standard. It's such a standard thing that you see, especially in comic book movies, where they'll be like, there is no Norman Osborn. There's only the Green Goblin. It's yeah. like, okay, I get it. You're being- <laughs> Yeah, but you're right, because we didn't really get a good sense of who he was before and how is that different from who he is now. He still seems like, essentially, uh, he still has ice powers and he's still a member of the Lin Kuei and he's still he's wearing a mask guide, so. And armor. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's so I'm, just, I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, like, what? 
why did you become Sub-Zero? Like, what does that even mean? Like, I just, I, I just don't know. Like, we as Mortal Kombat fans, we might know what it is. Like, maybe he, like, then he if became you know, the Cryomancer. So I don't even know. You know what? I should even. I should take that back. I, I, as a Mortal Kombat fan, I don't even know what that means anymore. I'll tell you, bro. I'll tell you, bro. As soon as I tell you what I think, I think you're going to agree with this. Okay. It means that his dad just died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> his dad yeah. was Sub Zero. His and dad was Sub Zero. Like, okay, That's true. I don't go by Behan. Yeah. I got to take on the mantle of Sub Zero now. That's so his dad means. just died like two minutes. Uh, two minutes before. Uh, two or, minutes before that scene happened. Or yeah. maybe it's a combination. It could just be. Obviously, he's just attained the title of Sub Zero. But it could also be that Shang Tsung has not actually met with Sub Zero for many years up until that point. Yeah. Right. I wish the movie told us that or something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like, hey, you know what? I have ice powers. Maybe I should change my name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows what Behan means. But if I say Sub Zero, everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, it's my, it's my English name. <laughs> so as far as like tonal shifts, you know, going back and forth, this scene is like super small and it basically gives us just enough information to know Shang Tsung works on this cliff and behind is Sub-Zero. Like that's all it does. And then we switch right back to uh, you know the locker room. No, we do kind of have a little bit of a dialogue where Shang Tsung says there will be no tournament because there's no opposition to fight. Right? Oh yeah. So it's kind of setting some things up. And exactly you know yeah. that's a that's something that a lot of people hate about this movie is, is it like this isn't the tournament like this isn't mortal Kombat, mm. and you know that kind of establishes that this is pre-mortal Kombat, and like that's the only real solid piece we have for that that this is a, a not mortal Kombat the the tournament but this is before mortal Kombat's tournament um i'm curious brusque what do you think about that that this isn't the mortal Kombat tournament I think it's totally fine to have like not like I think it's totally fine to have a Mortal Kombat uh, movie or story that isn't about the tournament because there are plenty of games out there that are called Mortal Kombat that don't take place in a tournament. However, when you call it Mortal Kombat, it's implying that it's about the Mortal Kombat tournament. The games that don't have tournaments are like Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, Mortal Kombat Deception, Armageddon, uh, even like Mortal Kombat 3. Like at least like the three, the Armageddon, the De- Deadly Alliance, the subtitles imply that it's something more than Mortal Kombat. It's a little bit different this time. When you, yeah. na- when you title it Mortal Kombat, it's, you're implying that it's, it's about the tournament. But most of you the know? games don't actually have tournaments in them, if you think about it. It's not just, not even 4 technically wasn't truly a tournament, right? It yeah, was well, that, yeah, that's what, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's, it's yeah. totally fine to have a game, like, totally fine to have a story that's not about the tournament, but, like, the title is Mortal Kombat. Like, you know, like, the games that don't have a tournament have, like, a subtitle, like, or mm-hmm. even, we like, can, a 3 or 2. talking about which games are tournaments and which games are not tournaments, yeah, but yeah. I think at the end of the day... For this movie, it probably should have been a tournament. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, like you're calling it your your the name of the movie is named after the game that has a yeah, tournament. It's, it's Mortal Kombat totally. yeah. with no additional comment. That implies yeah. this 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 is a tournament. In fact, yeah. Look at what's. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to the next scene, if I may. Sonya <laughs> has that 
I'll call it the wall of weird. Sonia has that wall of weird and she has that thing where it says, look, this is a tournament. I'm invest. This is the tournament that I'm investigating, right? This, this is what it's all about. Shang Tsung is talking about, you know, we've won nine tournaments in a row. He's talking about how we've been the tournament. We, we, we need to beat Earthrealm in this tournament. Like that's really what the conflict is all about. Raiden is there and he's and and he and Shang Tsung are arguing over what the rules say, you know, the rules of the tournament. So to have it not actually be the tournament, despite all of that, that that's what this is building up to, it is a little jarring. Well, it, yeah, because mm. like throughout the yeah, like what you're saying, throughout the entire movie, they're talking about the tournament's ready. We got we got to prepare for the tournament, guys. The tournament's coming. The tournament's coming, and it never happened. I'm like what Cole the fuck? Young <laughs> actually said, Cole Young actually says we're going to take the tournament to them. So. I thought that actually was the tournament right then and there because, oh, okay, all the fights afterwards, these, this is the tournament. That he said it, he called yeah. it. If you call it, this is the tournament, that's it. That counts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that this is definitely the, the biggest, like one of the biggest problems of the story is whether or not we're in a tournament or not at this point. Yeah, like, that's actually a story. very good point, that last one. Time. Okay. It's not the tournament. It's supposed to be the prequel, but they legit say, let's take this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, everything that's happened after that, that counts as the tournament. But then at the end, and I'm not trying to jump all the way to the end already, but, you know, Raiden and Shang Tsung have some sort of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and you know, Shang Tsung's basically like, I'll find more people for the tournament. So <laughs> he basically sends his oh. best fighters to try to kill everybody and then they all die and then he's like i'll find somebody else it'll be just as he good. sends his defending champion in danger goro to yeah. fight to fight before the tournament <laughs> begins why would you do that right yeah, we'll, we'll talk about well, we're, we're getting too far ahead we're getting too far ahead so like we should probably what yeah, why we should probably all the way but well, the whole movie the whole movie when you're seeing the build-up you know, you're not aware that this is a prequel movie when you're when it seems like they're building up to the actual tournament. So everything that happens up mm. to now, it seems fine. It seems fine. We're going to get to the tournament. We're going to get to the tournament. I was waiting for them to go on. A, you know, I was waiting for a handful of people to get on a leaky boat and save the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, before Cole ends up going after Sonya, he gets to uh, like officially meet Jax in the locker room. And this is kind of, you know, we see Jack's introduction. You know, they get to talk about the the tattoos and stuff like that or the this birthmarks. is actually my favorite scene i forget the first one this is my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> so you know jack shows up this is the whole eddie tobias thing and uh jack is like hey nice tattoo and yanni do you want to talk about that scene before i go on further he was born with it what it's a birthmark <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, but in the movie, they, okay, that was from the trailer, you know. Uh, in the movie, they flip it. It's the other way. They flip yeah. it. Yeah, they flip <laughs> right. it in the movie. Yeah. It was still like, really? <laughs> it, it, you can't fix that. It's funny either way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we see, you know, Cole and his daughter go out to eat. Um, the Sub-Zero shows up, starts freezing everything, and then making hail drop from the sky or ice or I don't, I don't know. Or he's lifting it up off the ground after he made it snow. There's he's doing a lot of things. Sub Zero's super powerful, and uh, this whole scene ends with uh, you know Jack's going in the warehouse after Sub Zero, um, sending Cole away and getting his arms ripped off. So, what were you? Did you guys feel like you're in a Mortal Kombat movie at this point, or was this something else entirely? Like, who's going first? I'll I'll go first on this one. I guess. Yeah. With Jack's involved, of course, it's a Mortal Kombat thing. I mean, honestly. 
I thought he was getting ready to, to pound Cole Young Fung space in. I thought he was just going to attack first and ask questions later because he was following up on, on an investigation. I mean, he wanted to know what the hell was going on. That you know, somebody attacked his squadron, and then they had this dragon tattoo, and now this guy's got it. Uh, you know what? This guy could be a threat. This is this has got to be someone he's got to take out. I really think that Jax was was halfway thinking he's gonna have to kill this guy. Yeah, for me, like, um, I think the whole uh, the the way that Bihan was in this movie, I, I, I real quick, I I really really like the scene where like he like sort of like disappears in the mist of ice or something like that. That was like that that was super cool. I really like how he was depicted as some sort of like stalking kind of slasher like brooding huge figure and all that kind of stuff i really really like that i didn't really i don't think i was i felt like i was in a mortal Kombat movie but i definitely like it definitely was like a highlight of like sub-zero because i really like sub-zero that i also did like sub-zero yeah i think i thought it was so i just that that's my biggest takeaway is just like the the, the slasher kind of feel when he was disappearing into the that that was pretty. That was pretty. It really felt like a Jason type, or even a, a little bit. Yeah, type. yeah, yeah just, a little just bit. A relentless killing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I, I like that when you. I like that when you. Uh, when you put that like kind of characterization on Behan, it's like one hundred percent accurate to his character. So you know, I think that's really- for me. For me, this is probably my one of my favorite Sub Zero scenes because this is the whole warehouse scene that the trailer was like centered around in a way, mm. and. You know, that whole part where Jack sh- shows up with guns and goes after Sub-Zero and Sub-Zero just freezes that gun and, or the bullet in midair and everything. I was just like, this is awesome. And I was super excited for what was going to come next from the movie, just because of the scene alone. Um, Jack's getting his arm shattered, you know, like it's a great fatality type of thing, you know, incorporating that into the, into the movie. But at the same time, I was like, is this the tournament now? I mean, like, is it was this their battle? Is this Mortal Kombat? Or I, I was still confused. Like, I I didn't capture that little tiny quote from from Shang Tsung saying, you know, we're gonna kill everybody before we get to a tournament. So I was just kind of still trying to figure out what was happening uh, at this point. And so I I loved the scene as you know as a as a part of a movie, but. It wasn't Mortal Kombat to me completely. I wasn't sure if it was Mortal Kombat. Do you know what I mean? No, I totally agree. I mean, that that's that's that was the exact same I had. So, yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that had happened in the backstory, which really leaves a lot of unanswered questions. You know, um, them talking about how they went into Brazil and how somebody attacked their entire unit in seconds, and and it's like, well, what was their mission? What were they after? Like all this backstory, I really want them to explore it further. It's just that. Well, the, also like. Like, okay, like they're part of like Sonya, Sonya and Jax are part of special forces. Why didn't they call special forces to help out Jax or something like that? Or like, well, like they, they kind of like left them to die. And he had the, the Shaolin monks had to bring up like, well, okay, well, where, what about like the other people that are in their unit or something like yeah. that? You know? Like, are they, are they actively involved in the military right now? Or are they like. Are they semi-retired? Yeah, yeah or semi- like I don't know, like exactly, like I, why? Why would the Shaolin monks pick up Jax? That's just I don't know. It's a little off to me. That was that yeah. was pretty out of place. I mean, the actual fight scene itself was very Mortal Kombat because if you think back on all the different stages we've had in Mortal Kombat, you've got subway scene, you know, you've got the pit, you've got the Deadpool. It's all it's all over the place, really, right? 
And so I could see in a Mortal Kombat game just this sort of scene being set for a fight. That that part did truly feel Mortal Kombat to me. And I did also really like the little what was it the uh, Sub Zero finisher uh, Easter egg in the background? Was that it? Yeah, the four down, forward high punch. Four I down, think it was. High yeah. Punch. Yep. yeah, that was where so, it was. That was really cool. I like that little Easter egg too. You know, especially leading up to the the arms being shattered and everything. Um, it did feel Mortal Kombat to me, but the problem was at the same time, as you said, it could, it was also very special forces. But that was actually something I kind of liked for once. I'm saying this because they showed that the guns were useless immediately. <laughs> so I've always been more about the mysticism rather than the I, actual I, I did guns. like that. I did like freezing the gun and then having the you know like the 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 gunfire. There's some Bullet. there's a term. Yeah, the, yeah, but there's a term of like the. The little spark that comes out of the I don't, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. I, I did like that freezing kind of effect. That it looked really nice, mm. especially considering the budget. Here, there was a missed opportunity. It's the same problem in the 1995 film. If someone's going to point a gun at Sub Zero, they should yell "freeze" right before he freezes it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the next movie, I don't know. <laughs> you know this this whole part of the movie too. This is the first time we get to see that there's any sort of relationship between Cole and his wife and still I'm presuming that it's his current wife uh, like you know we've talked about on our previous episodes when we went over like the the original scripts that it was supposed to be his ex-wife and I feel like that memo uh, like that clarification never made it into the the current version of the movie because you know they they kind of like hold hands a little bit or kiss or something but they're, they're still you know, no chemistry. So I don't really care about her. Like there's, there's one part later in the movie where I'm like, ah, she's going to die and that's fine. <laughs> and that's, that's a horrible thing to feel about your main character's wife, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have much to add. Like I don't, yeah, it's just, there is no chemistry. I don't really feel anything. It's, I don't know. It's just off. I will say that some people did point out that like, and not that the, not, not the wife, but the, the, um, Cole's daughter looks like it could be his sister. Like it looks yeah. a little too close in age. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think about that when I first saw it. But when somebody pointed it out, I was like, "Oh, you know what? You're right. That's a little weird." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just seems off to me. Like the whole family chemistry just doesn't. It just doesn't mesh well. And it. it, it just, At least she's not like what was it? A little hacker and stuff. Uh-huh. from the, the original script oh, was it? yeah that was one of the original script right she was supposed to be like a hacker so you're like yeah something like that yeah but you you did ask about um the uh like sonia and jacks being part of the special forces and such or whether or not they were actually a broken sort of part of off of the faction itself and that kind of that question does make a lot of sense because we then see cole going towards sonia's hideout and she's like in this trailer, which is her. Yes, home. it's not a U.S. Special Forces base. Yeah, yeah. Like, why are you there? <laughs> like, even <laughs> even if you were in the military and you just got off the military, you're not automatically broken. Can't afford, you know, like housing or anything like that. You're why at are least on a military base with real like MPs and stuff like that guarding <laughs> it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, even yeah, even if you were off the military and yeah, like you like you know like. You would at least be with like your parents or something like that. I don't think you would be straight up homeless living in a trailer like that. With know? with Kano handcuffed to a chair. Yeah, with 
yeah, it's just it's so weird to think about like why are you there i never thought about it like that so like you know i was like she was you know kind of uh fringe you know like maybe she had they were prior military but now that i think about it more it's like you guys if you're prior military and you know you're kind of operating on your own you just snatched some guy and handcuffed him to a chair yeah. like, what is this <laughs> Like if this was part of your mission, if you're still okay, well, like let's just say let's this is part of your mission. Like, okay, well then if this is part of your mission, like are like it still makes you question, like, are you part of the military right now? Are you actively involved or not? Like, are you just Don't doing take this on to your, your house? Own? Yeah, like are you just doing this on your own? Like <laughs> Well, maybe they were just gonna beat him up and and uh they turn him in for the reward money once they made sure he was like down and out, you know? <laughs> but the guy knows where you live. Like yeah. what, yeah, what is happening? that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we also get another character showing up at this moment, and you know, it wouldn't be so bad to me if Reptile's name hadn't been dropped right before he I shows up. It. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, you know, we get reptile from mortal kombat one and he's our first main death in the movie and which you know could mean that we're never going to see him again in another mortal kombat movie Probably not. i no. doubt that i doubt that i mean they, they okay they specifically went so far as to name him which i feel like size off not even reptile size off like that was a bit unnecessary but a cool little sort of uh easter egg let's just say now with regards to the whole, oh, we might not see him again. It's Mortal Kombat. We have this conversation every time. Like they even, I mean, now we're jumping ahead big time, but we got hints as to a sort of resurrection kind of process towards the end. Yeah, but uh, then I think, I think when, and I think in a film sense, and I think like when you're talking about movies and TV shows and stuff like that, you would you would want the deaths to matter. When you're in a game, you can get away with it because like, okay, well, if someone dies in MK1, that like, and when you come to Mortal Kombat 11, you can't like keep holding on to the whole like, Oh, that character died in MK1. That, died, uh, that character died all the way in 99. Like, shut up. I want to play the character, right? <laughs> this is like me in my video games, all right? This isn't yeah. like some sort of like thing. So like, I feel like I, I feel like in a movie sense, in a, in a storytelling sense, I feel like you would want the deaths to matter. Now, if they were to come out and say like, oh, this is like a different like Zaterran. This, 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 this Zaterran is more human, uh, more human-like. And uh, it's like a different kind of breed. And it's not Scythe. Okay, that's fine. Like you or, can, yeah, by the fine. way, they're all named Sizeoff. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, by yeah, the way, okay, it's sure. It's not actually sure. Sizeoff. It's his friend, and he just got confused between them because they look the same. <laughs> yeah. So Shane all like look that. the same. Shang is just species at this point. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of like the whole Marvel thing. Like, you know, Marvel com- comics, they they've been killing people off for years, and they bring them back every couple of years. Like, that's not a big deal. But with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they made it a point to not bring back any characters that have died. And it's because, like, as Bruss said, it it establishes, like, it, it, it means something when somebody dies. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and even in, even going back to the 1995 film, how many of those characters returned for the 1997 Annihilation sequel? None. They yeah. didn't bring people yeah. back. It's like you're saying, Bruss, deaths have to mean something. Uh, oh, wait, Scorpion, but. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Reptile. See, well, okay, yeah, right, right. They bring back three random raptors. Yeah, and they brought back Scorpion, which okay, Scorpion makes sense, and having different members of reptile species makes sense. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, Sub Zero was the younger brother this time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't resurrect anybody. Yeah, that's, that's what, true. That, like that's what I was saying. Like if they wanted to bring Reptile back in MK2, like okay, well, actually this time Reptile is actually a ninja this time. 
This isn't this wasn't like this wasn't like the reptile you saw in the last one. This is like another Zaterran. The Zaterran is a different kind of like spe- uh, different kind of breed of of Zaterans. This one is a little bit more human. La 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 la. I think that I, th- I think if you do that, that's fine. Like I don't I don't care about that. But if they, you like, might say, not like, even uh, bring back reptile at all. Maybe if they're going to bring back any won't. other Saurians, <laughs> it would be chameleon. Yeah, that yeah, would be, they, cool. They, be cool. Yeah, yeah. They probably I, I would be totally down for that. No, we've never when, gotten a live adaptation of chameleon. We've never oh got boy, a bunch of like a lizard, a, a lizard version of chameleon. Like you just, it's literally the same exact like way that reptile look, but you just call it chameleon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, go like, ahead. sorry, but uh, on the whole death sort of thing for Mortal Kombat, we, one thing that is curious to me is that we are talking about bringing back characters, and I definitely agree with you, Brusque, in the sense that we want there to be consequence to the actual deaths in the, in the movie, but. We have Hanzo this entire time sort of reaching out to Cole through these flashbacks and such. And this makes me wonder about the Nether Realm. Because where is Hanzo? Is he in the Nether Realm? Is he is he in uh Cole's mind? What what's going on exactly? Because Shane or I think Raiden No, I think Raiden Raiden says it. I think he says that he's does he say oh, yeah. that? Okay, then I've told yeah, you. I do. I do think yeah. he says it's the furthest reaches of hell. So okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess the further in hell you are, the the more you can communicate to people that are alive. I, or something. I, thought, I thought that the the connection would be worse, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's like Dante's Inferno. There's multiple levels to hell. Yeah. yeah. And and the further out you go, the better your cell phone reception is. So. Yeah. <laughs> call, yeah. Can you hear call. me now? Good. <laughs> um. So, you know, one thing I did like about this scene, uh, you know, the whole Sonya stuff is that they're sprinkling a little bit more. Okay, well, before I say this, I, I hate the Arcana. Like, I, mm. I hate that that's how this movie's centered around Arcana. Yeah. Um, but they sprinkle in a little bit more about the tattoo thing. Like, if you kill somebody with a tattoo, you can, uh, you you absorb, or you get a tattoo too. Like, mm. it, it's a transference yeah. of power or whatever. What did you guys think about like let's talk about tattoos for a second what do you think about the birthmarks does anybody in this chat um have a tattoo i do yeah i do not (laughs) i don't either all right so we got two two tattoos and two no tattoos i mean kill me and and you can have one that's true (laughs) yeah but what's your superpower though i gotta think about it Hey, so, I actually like the Arcana storyline. I wouldn't want to see it in the games. I oh don't boy. want the games to make any references to it. I don't want to see them even like hinting at it. Um, but I thought this, you know, they did the tattoo thing in Annihilation and it sucked. But I thought actually mm. this time around it was okay. I didn't mind it. It was it was good in the context of this movie. I don't want to see it in any other in any of the games or anything else. But here it was good. I think it's I think it's a little weird. It's like you know what. It's pretty good, but everything else, no, I hate it. I love, I do get a, get the fuck out of here. Get the, get, you know, nope, 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 nope. But this one, <laughs> I like it. I, I think it's, I think it's a little weird. Now, I'm not trying to like, you know, like dog on you or anything. I just, I just find it funny. Um, but like, I, I, I hate it. I, I think it's like a poor way to kind of like explain how these characters can use the powers that they have. Um, I feel like it's like, you know, like, hey, this, this is why a character can throw his hat. This is why a character can have eyes. This is why a character can do the fireball. I'm just like, we don't need this stupid tattoo to explain like these characters using these powers. You know, audiences don't care that Aquaman can speak underwater. Audiences don't care that a raccoon can talk. Audiences don't care that like a 
Captain America's shield uh, doesn't obey the laws of physics. I don't think audiences would care if you were to explain, hey, the Shaolin monks train train uh, people from birth to manipulate the chi to do some sort mm. of chi power. I don't think anyone's going to care if I don't think anyone's going to care if that's your explanation. Having the stupid tattoo of like, oh, like I'm the chosen one. You're the chosen one. Like some sort of like annihilation thing. It's 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 I think it's cringe. I think it's I, I hate it. I never want to see it again in any form. Even in the next movie, I hope they literally just retcon it. I don't care. I know, I know, I, I know how everybody feels about retcons and inconsistencies. I don't care if they literally just say like, "Nope, retcon." Uh, the Archon has never existed. I the don't care. The only thing I'd want them to retcon in the second film is just uh, Cole Young. Let's just pretend he never happened. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yanni, what Sorry, did you think? Lewis, man. Uh, well, it's kind of a weird one for me because. I hate Arcana. I absolutely hate Arcana. I'm totally with Brusque on this. I, I think it was completely unnecessary, exactly as Brusque just said. They could have just said they manipulate their chi or it's a part of their powers from where they're from, et cetera, et cetera. Right? I mean, are you going to say now that everybody from Outworld needs to have a mark to have a power when in reality we've always seen that there are lots of warriors coming from Outworld, uh, Dania, uh, the Nether Realm, from Earthrealm, and they all have their own abilities just purely because of how they train, who they are, et cetera, et cetera. Right, the cryomancers, etc. It's part of their species, technically. You know, um, so that was completely unnecessary. Now, the tattoo part, I think I remember saying in a Takatan bite size with you, Phantom, um, that I was making a joke about how it's like I can imagine the boardroom meeting going like, "Hmm, remember that thing that everybody hated from the second movie of the tattoos? Let's put it in this movie." Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's so stupid. But I said the same thing. <laughs> I, just, okay. I said the same thing. It's, it's so stupid, right? But then now that I'm thinking about it, the tattoo and the arcana could have been done in a way where the tattoos were not linked at all to arcana. The tattoos could have just been your ticket into the Mortal Kombat tournament as a Mortal Kombat official fighter, but not linked to the arcana. You can all have your abilities. Call it arcana. I really don't give a damn. You know, like call it whatever you want it. Just call it your abilities, whatever. But have the tattoo be something that you get if you are officially invited or linked to the Mortal Kombat tournament. And sure, make it that if you kill somebody, you get their, their uh, marking. Fair enough. That was actually a cool idea. Just don't link it to the Arcana. Because otherwise, you have inconsistencies where everybody's training the entire course of the movie in what is completely unnecessary. And then other people just getting their Arcana like that. We'll talk about later. I will say this, even though even though I'm the only supporter of the Arcana in this group, um, I really didn't like the way it was used for some of the characters like Jax and Kano. Mm. I really thought that Jax and Kano yeah. had tech. They didn't need the Arcana. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, yeah. like we didn't. Yeah, we like. Okay, like if you were if. If Kano wasn't going to have the metal eye and in his arcana, it was to shoot a laser out of his eye. What? Why? Why? Why does he not just shoot it out of both of us, both of his eyes? Like, like it's it's weird. It's like it's like it's like okay. It's like if somebody's arcana was th- throwing fireballs, but you can only throw fireballs through your feet. Why not through your hands? <laughs> like, like, why not through your hands? Like, why is it just like your feet? Like, it's just uh, I don't know. It's it's just, like those posts where choose yeah. your superpower. The Arcana works better for those mystical powers like Liu Kang and Kung Lao or whatever. But like, like you said, they could have done it without the Arcana. Um, mm. I was okay with it for them. I really didn't like the way it worked to interact with tech. Like when Jax found his Arcana, 
Then his crappy metal arms became good metal arms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When it could have been yeah, the that purple was, legs. That was, that was hard to, that was a little bit harder to digest. Yeah. I mean, what about um, Kano? Like, instead of giving him the, the, uh, the laser eyes as Arcana, give him the cannonballs. That makes sense, at least, kind of, you know, like a weird sort of, oh, yeah. uh, like, that would know, have worked. Force, that would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess they if they did want to do the it. cannonball, if they did want to do the cannonball, then yeah, that would have yeah. worked. Why is it that? Why is it his laser eye the one? It, like, is the eye that he got scratched? You know, like, like Russ said, why couldn't it have been both eyes? Like, did it have to be the one eye that got scratched by reptile? Like, it's you know, because I, hey, remember that's where his eye is. That's what you know. Like that. that that's <laughs> this is what Kano looks like. Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's one of those things where I believe one of the um, one of the guys working on the movie actually answered stuff on social media and was saying that the Arcana. Um, kind of will help you like make up for a weakness if you mm. have one. So when he got scratched oh, yeah. in the eye, that would maybe be why the Arcana went there and said, "Okay, well now we're gonna make this eye stronger." Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, right. I, I do remember hearing something about that. For hats, actually, I remember that, that. That would probably explain why Kano could only shoot it out of one eye. See, they covered it. Sorry, I could not resist. (laughs) He had a receding hairline, and so (laughs) they gave him the power of hats. (laughs) No, but I do remember hearing exactly that time. I don't mean to make fun of what you're saying. What you're saying is completely correct. I'm just thinking about Kung Lao being weak to hats right now. (laughs) No, no, my hat's off to you for thinking of that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) My my whole thing about the the special powers, like to me, Mortal Kombat. You know, it was just a tournament that the best fighters in Earthrealm would end up having to go to to defend Earthrealm. And then, you know, if you got a special power or something, you know, came out of it, so be it. But like Liu Kang in the in the first Mortal Kombat game had nothing like his fatality was a, a spinning kick. And, you know, uh, I, I think even back when we first played Mortal Kombat, the fireballs, some people would say like he was throwing sand or something because... <laughs> Like he just seemed what? like a normal. Person. It just seemed like a bare bones kind of underdog kind of character. Yeah, right, right. Like, and I, you know, if they develop a power on Shang Tsung's island or something, that would have made sense to me. Like, that would be MK Legacy explanation. Yeah, and and that would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I liked I liked how that worked. Yeah, but you know, saying that you're born with the power and you're born with the tattoo and that's the only way you can compete in Mortal Kombat, it you know it kind of eliminates it seems that gatekeeping. Well, Liu Kang right. killed a guy. Liu uh-huh. Kang actually killed a guy to get his. Oh, in the uh, wait in in the twenty twenty one movie, yeah, yeah. The movie, yeah. He oh. had to kill a guy to get. He had to kill a child trafficker. Yep. Oh, and like, why is a that. child trafficker have the arcana? Does that mean he's worthy of fighting in a tournament to defend? <laughs> maybe his parents. Thank maybe his you. parents were. <laughs> why am I thinking about child trafficking in Mortal Kombat? Like, why am I spending so much time on this this thought? Like, why? <laughs> I I don't remember this at all. Was, was that really part of this plot? Yeah, that's that's true. True. it was. Yeah, yeah. Wow. he's telling Cole about how we got his marking. <laughs> yeah. Your face is just like, oh my god, <laughs> what, what what am I? What kind of movies am I watching these days? <laughs> I mean, if they make if they make a Shaolin monks spinoff of this movie, are they going to actually show the child traffickers now? Like, what kind of area are we getting into? What does Liu Kang do when he finds out? Does, he, does that what makes him pissed off and turn into a dragon finally? <laughs> oh man. Oh, was an orphan was he one of the children was he was he at risk here and that's when he developed his arcana and like finally decided to kick that guy's ass (laughs) i'm with russ i don't want to think about it anymore (laughs) (laughs) mortal kombat one like luke king was like the pure shaolin fighter Mm. 
And then Mortal Kombat 2, you know, his whole his whole temple was slaughtered. And, you know, they kind of took uh, aspects out of uh, what Acclaim was going to do with with their Mortal Kombat. And what was it, Nitro or whatever? Yeah. And so, you know, they made Liu Kang a little bit more brutal. And that's when his uh, his dragon fatality shows up and stuff like that. But like, like, why do you have to make Liu Kang so edgy in every live action Mortal Kombat? I know. <laughs> I think it's it's because it, it's it's because I think they they think a character being like a very good, good, kind hearted, you know, hero, like a Captain America esque kind of like a character is boring and we need to make him dark and edgy so he can be complicated and cool. Like, I'm just yeah, like, dude, there's Superman. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, just Superman, like, there's yeah. so many ways to like make it like interesting. Like Luke Skywalker is that way, you know, like uh, even Captain America is that way. Interesting even though he kind of stays still as a character throughout the entire MCU. There are so many ways to make it work. It's just, I, I you don't need to make Luke Kang an edgelord. It's just, no, you know. now Luke Kang isn't an edgelord in this movie to be clear, but like, we don't need to give him like, and we don't need to have like some sort of like edge to his character to start off with the edge yeah. in his character in MK2 is a result of like his friends and everybody his friends and you know slaughtered. yeah being slaughtered and stuff and that's what like kind of like questions him uh questions like his his um his standards like okay well do i keep not killing or do i like because this is gonna like if i if i stay if i stay this way stuff is stuff bad stuff is gonna happen so do i like take it to the next level and kind of to, to prevent, for, prevent this from happening it, it made yes. a lot of sense in mk2 there was yeah. no more mr nice guy yeah, mm. like yeah. Well, I mean, like I feel like I I feel like he was still good in MK2. It's just that he he had that urge, he had that sort of conflict in him. But that was a result of something else, uh, something happening to him. Yeah, that like, was it. Was he a starts lot of off as like a yeah yeah. He starts off as a pure-hearted Shaolin monk. You know, it reminds me of uh, what what Zack Snyder said he was going to do to Batman and Superman back when he was directing Watchmen. He was like, you know, if I ever got a chance to direct Batman. Batman would go to jail and Batman would have things happen to him in jail that yeah, happens to I, people I, in jail. I don't know if we're supposed to say that, but I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and then everybody's like, why would you yeah, do that? Yeah, and then, right. you know, Warner Brothers ended up giving Zack Snyder Batman and Superman. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's just, why? Why go down that route? Why do that? Yeah. Anyways, so just for let's the sake move on. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I take it you don't want Snyder to direct the next Mortal Kombat film. Oh, oh, no. I would like him to do. I would like him to be a cinematographer because his cinematography is really good. Yeah, if he's that a cinematographer, I'm okay. I'm okay. How about, how about James Gunn? <laughs> James Gunn would be perfect. Oh my god, please do it, please, please, please. I will. I will literally give all my legs and arms to have <laughs> James Gunn direct a di- direct uh, a Mortal Kombat movie. I would give all my legs and arms to do that. I, I think he could manage it very well, actually, because it, sure, like it. we've only seen him, I guess, lately see like more the, the comedy side of things. But at the same time, he at least tries to be accurate. And if it's not going to be accurate, he does it in his own way, which side sort of has that accuracy to it, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah, it, it works for the story and it kind of like he does everything he can to make sure the characters are exactly like how they are in the comics. And if they're like really like if there's nothing to them, he'll make his own stuff to make it work with the story. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like James Gunn is sprinkling a little too much comedy. I love James. I love everything he's, he's doing. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't see it for Mortal Kombat, if that makes sense. Oh, well, I mm. wouldn't want it. I, don't, I wouldn't want like that much comedy in Mortal Kombat. But if he can put all of his comedy into like 
Johnny Cage, Johnny Cage. and maybe yeah. Jax or something like that. Okay, then I'm fine with that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, after all of this, um, you know, we, we're now we're kind of at the Sky Temple, or, or sorry, Raiden's uh, Raiden's Temple, and uh, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit of background. We're getting some fighting montages, things like that. We get to see Liu Kang and, and Kung Lao. What did you guys feel about this setting in the movie, like Raiden's Temple and, and everything that kind of happened here? Like it, this seemed to me like a majority of the movie. It was reason. a little strange of a temple, wasn't it? Like, mm-hmm. it didn't quite look the way I would picture the Raiden's temple. temple. Yeah. yeah, we've already sort of had Raiden's temple be like a very, um, a very like uh, Eastern, uh, like an Eastern uh, Ch- Chinese temple uh, or something like that. Something that and looks very similar above to that. Ground. Yeah, very above. It would be a sky temple. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, Really don't like how the majority of the movie takes place here because it's this boring, dry, brown setting. Like, I, you know, I hate to compare. I, I don't want to get too much into comparing this to the 95 movie, but the 95 movie had so many different settings, so many different colors, so so much like so much variety in setting. And like for the majority of the Mortal Kombat of, of this movie, it takes place in this really brown. And most of the things that happen are taking place in this brown boring kind of dry set setting i i think i just that's not mortal kombat mortal kombat isn't known to be that way you know mortal kombat x did it and everybody hated it that's why they they switched it up in the last game you know in, in mortal kombat 11 uh where like all the stages are super bright and colorful and really really nice and stuff like that there's variety so yeah i i don't like to be reminded of like just have of, of dry settings and brown settings you know you can tell that the props department really put a lot into trying to make it not just a brown setting yeah like, yeah they tried <laughs> yeah they tried hard and, and the, you know going back to the 95 movie again like that that whole thing was the location scouting they ended up doing thailand and thailand i mean as we saw through that movie they would just like stop on the side of the road and be like oh there's a big field of of trees let's go shoot a scene there and they're just driving around making stuff happen where this movie everything was filmed in australia like if you get out of the side of the cities in Australia, guess what you got? <laughs> just brown everywhere. Brown stuff, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's a good choice if you want if you want to make a Mortal Kombat movie that yeah. takes place that sh- that that mainly is known to have Eastern type settings. You know? Yeah. Now they did have some cool scenes here, though, in this setting. They did have um, my favorite one was where Liu Kang and and uh, Kano were practicing, and he did the foot sweep. That was cute. <laughs> That was cute. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's see you try that one again. Bam. <laughs> that was a cute. Yeah. That was a cute moment. Yeah. It, it was awesome because that was literally, um, well, at least how I took it, making fun of how people have played Mortal Kombat for years. You know, like that's yeah. legit what we were doing. I still remember back in the old days, just sweep, 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 sweep. And then when they're expecting me to sweep, I'd uppercut. You know what I mean? Like just switch it up every so often. And that you was know, some, hilarious. In my opinion. So, some people have had a problem with saying like, you know, like, like nobody really does that anymore. It's kind of outdated, but I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's have fun for a little bit. I think that was cute. I, I didn't mm. have a problem with that. Me, the ultimate naysayer of this movie i was like okay you know i I, even i can say that's 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 fun i I like that that was like those tongue-in-cheek moments like the uh you know the fatality in the background in the in the jack's warehouse scene like things like that uh, are endearing to this movie if if anything you know like for mortal Kombat fans we're like we can look around and recognize stuff like 
we're like, oh, there's Katana's fan. Like, that's cool. Uh, I wonder if she's around here somewhere. Things like that, you know. Or, I'll, uh, I'll be honest. Having having Katana not in the movie, but having Melina in the movie was kind of a weird choice. And just yes. having her fan in Raiden's Sky Temple, I'm like, why? Why, why is her fan in the Sky Temple? It's like if he, Raiden's hat fan. was... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like if, like... I don't know. It's like if... I'm trying to think. Like it's like if Shao Kahn's helmet was in Raiden's Sky Temple, and like, or what? if it was on Shang Tsung's cliff throne, he yeah, something like helmet that. Just yeah, like what, does he wear the? Where does he wear the helmet? Like Reiko does or something? The shakes like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like some of the stuff there had a good reason to be there. Like Shinnok's amulet, that made sense. You know, okay. like, yeah, Raiden yeah, was tasked fine. with keeping the amulet safe. Of course, he's going to have it in his temple or whatever. But yeah, Katana's fan being there, I guess I wasn't really a fan of that. Yeah. I, I love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and then we we learn on this scene that Jax is still alive yeah well <laughs> Jax has been disarmed he's been disarmed <laughs> <laughs> you're on a roll <laughs> and for some reason the Shaolin monks are the ones that give him the metal art or at least the the the, for the phase one of his metal arms. I'm just they like, scoured the realms for a solution. Yeah. <laughs> That's the okay, best what, all the realms had oh offered. Oh my god. We do meet Raiden here. Properly. Yeah. Oh yeah, like an, a good introduction. Technically, yeah. we met Raiden when he saved the baby. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. we actually all get introduced to him properly in the sense. Yes. And like, yes. the actual main character who's supposed to be the our in into the movie. You know what I mean? And, I mean... I was really excited to see how Raiden would be portrayed in this. And I felt like while he did a good job with what he was given, I don't think he was given much to work with. I, like a I, shame. I did not like Raiden's character at all in the movie. Like, I think, I think it's one, one of the worst Raiden's, one of the worst Raiden portrayals, uh, like ever. I feel like I, I, I just, there's, there's nothing in that character that like, that's that, that bleeds Raiden to me. Mm. Raiden is this compassionate, wise, and um, wise mentor. And like the first, literally the first thing that he's, the first lines that he has is literally like shitting on, shitting on all of his like uh, heroes, all of mm. the, all of the people. Like, this is what I have to work with. What the fuck? Who the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you even here? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, that's not Raiden. That's not Raiden at all. It's like, if like, it's like if like Obi Wan, like it's like if like okay, like we remake MK, we remake uh, we remake uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. You know, hopefully that never happens. And then like they have like Obi Wan say the exact same thing that Raiden was saying about Luke or something mm. like that. Like that's, that's you know that, that that does not feel right. That is not the character. Mm, so fair. yeah, I like the fact that Raiden, <laughs> Scorpion, and Sub Zero all had Asian actors. I think that was good for representation. <laughs> And also to be like authentic to who the characters actually are, like in the first place in the original games. But um, I do agree that I wasn't really getting good Raiden vibes from him. And um, I guess after Richard Epcar's performance as Raiden for like the last mm. 10 plus years, it's the bar has been raised pretty high for what we want in a Raiden character. So um, they really need to step it up if they're going to bring back Raiden for part two. That's why I'm saying I feel like you could have had more writing to him, more substance given to him to so that we could actually see what he could have done as Raiden. But I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. There here. is actually a deleted scene where he's saying, like, these heroes, trust me, these heroes are good. 
you just got to train him. There's just there's or something like that. He he he. There was a scene where he had faith in the here in the heroes, like in Cole and I think I think Sonya or something like that or and Kano, and that was deleted. I'm like, why would you delete that scene? That is exactly what that, that's that fixes Raiden. Why the fuck mm, would yeah. you delete that scene? And also, it was taking place in a really nice, beautiful green and bright uh, setting outside i'm just like why did you delete the good a good scene <laughs> yeah, like, why did you delete that in. i yeah. mean and brusque i'll tell you when i was watching this film i really got the sense that raiden was saying that stuff on purpose to try to i don't know yeah. piss them off and motivate them to get uh-huh. them uh you know wanting to fight harder because that was sort of what it takes to get your arcana working at least for cole i felt like he had to say some things just to try to motivate them and get the best out of them like maybe he didn't really believe it you know Kano too like he didn't his act didn't activate until he got angry and then yeah. he started shooting lasers everywhere and Kung Lao was kind of playing mind games with him to sort of get him to go I felt like that was what Raiden was doing but a lot of that stuff isn't really explained very overtly it's in the subtext yeah, yeah. I think so too uh, but I mean yeah I think they could have added to that Did, do, would you guys have liked Raiden better if he were more mm, joking kind of like Jeff Meek and uh and Land Bear played him yeah yeah yeah. I think I think it would have been fine. I mean, like I, I think I think that's like. See, the thing is with Lambert Raiden is that every I don't know why I, I think most MK fans generally are okay and love Lambert Raiden, but the naysayers are like, "Oh my god, he's too jokey. He's he's cracking jokes all the time." Just like I I watched the movie and he's only cracked like four jokes. Like, what are you talking about? He's doing it left and right. Like, like, and it was dry humor. It's sort of like, it was sort of like, like, uh, uh, it fit. Yeah, it fit. Yeah. But like, I'm talking, I'm thinking about another character from a series that has this humor that has this dry humor. I forgot what it was, but like it, yeah, but it, it fits, it fits, it, it fits. And it's done like enough times to like, it, to, to, yeah, to make it not like really seem like out of character or like completely like he, this character is like a comic relief character or something like that. Like legends did this, you know, like the uh, like um, Raiden cracks one joke, in, uh, a dry humor joke in Scorpion's Revenge. He also does it in Battle of the Realms and stuff like that. Mm. Um, you know, like this is like Raiden's like. The standard should have been set with with Lambert because that was the first time he's ever been. Raiden has ever been a character. Now, mm. it seems like the boring, stale, Optimus Prime booming, always speech level kind of persona has been is now what people think of Raiden because of the because of Netherrealm games of because of Richard Epcar's Raiden or you know like Netherrealm Raiden. I don't want to like say Richard Epcar Raiden because it sounds like I'm shitting on Richard Epcar himself. I'm not I'm just talking about like the character like the way he is in -hmm. the games. Um and so yeah I I I, yeah I, I definitely feel like having that sense of humor, that dry sense of humor is almost a requirement when you're when you're when you're writing writing Raiden, I I, I want it's just I, it another reason why we need James Gunn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if James Gunn would be good with dry humor though. I don't think I've really seen him do dry humor. But let's see if he does it. Let's see if he does it. <laughs> so I think I think Raiden, like the whole thing about him doing dry humor. I was never a big fan of the jokes and stuff. Um, I mean, I I love Lambert. I love um, Meek's portrayal, but at the same time, you know, him being too jokey. I I always expected Raiden to be oh, so I just called like, you out right there a little bit <laughs> Sorry, oh yeah you did no that's me <laughs> but I, I I can appreciate it because you know you have this god who's been around for centuries or whatever he's gonna make jokes for himself and so it 
I didn't hate it. it like it didn't bother me. And this Raiden, you know, I didn't see any sort of love. <laughs> and I know it sounds cheesy, but I didn't see any love towards his his combatants, which is not what I expected from Raiden. You know, you expect Raiden to be like, these are my people. You know, I love Earthrealm, so I love that these people are going to be fighting the tournament for me. And I, I didn't get that from this movie. I think we sort of saw a little bit of that towards the end. Two two scenes. One where Cole actually returns, I think. And then the second where he's... I mean, we're jumping ahead big time now, but when he's talking to Shang Tsung at the end, saying, we'll just beat you again, you know? Uh, I feel like that's when he he demonstrates that he did have confidence the entire time in them. I, like, I was, I'm with Tabmok on this, and I'm with uh, both Brusk and uh, Phantom on this, in the sense that he definitely needed more to work with. He should have been more compassionate, but I got the vibe that he was going for a tough love, tough love sort of uh, approach to the combatants in this I, case. I, I just never found that because he never spent time with the heroes to kind of like to like show exactly where they where they're failing, where they're where, where they're succeeding, what's going mm. on with him, what's going on. He he literally looks looks at the ones he's like, yeah, yeah, now nah, fuck this, fuck these motherfuckers, you know. My mm. big thing is uh, Kung Lao. When Kung Lao dies, what does Raiden do? He's just like, okay, well, anyways, guys, what do you want to do? <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't save everybody. You know what? I'm just like, it's in your house, dude. <laughs> what do you mean you can't save everybody? It's in your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think a big part of this is Raiden is like hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. He really can't get too attached to every single generation of mortals, you know. But that's um, but that's but, but that's why I'm sorry to interrupt. But that's that's why he was cho- even in the original timeline. That's why he was chosen to be the protector god was because he was the one who cared for the mortals the most. Like this, this is part of Raiden's character is to oh, care. He, cares. About, he yeah, cares. He's just to trying care. not to, in my opinion. Like he's like, all right, I can't let myself get too attached. Not after what happened with Kung Lao. Mm. It's like what yeah, Meek is, I, I, was always saying in Conquest. To sorry, uh, it was like what Meek's Raiden was saying to to Kung Lao in Conquest the entire time. You can't get too attached to the people around you if you're going to be champion. You're going to live forever, hopefully, right? And it feels like they sort of took a leaf out of that, but put it into Raiden rather than into Liu Kang. Sorry, bros. Yeah, yeah, that, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I can't let you know. I'm going to be around for hundreds of years. These guys are all going to die off, and there's going to be a new generation. I'm going to have to train them someday. So, try not to get attached to any one point in time, but try and get attached to the realm and the planet as a whole, and save that from Shang Tsung. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not. You know, like, I'm not asking for a scene of like Raiden just like breaking down on the floor. He's rolling around <laughs> crying because Kung Lao died or anything like that. You know, but like I think it it, it definitely doesn't like help the case to like it definitely doesn't help. I don't I don't think it helps uh, your case if you're trying to say that like Raiden uh, likes does does care for these people and uh, he's just giving them tough love when like when he really didn't care that Kung Lao died. I really didn't show show that. So the next part of the movie, you know, it it starts off where Cole, you know, has done his training and stuff and then he's he's had enough. He's he's like, I'm out. And Sonia says to him, she's like, Cole, don't give up on this. And then Cole gives up and he walks up (laughs) (laughs) and which that leads us into you know uh shang sung he gets all of his 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 warriors together and sends them out and you know there's the big uh betrayal scene with cabal and kano and all that and the the temple's defenses come down and and we get our first actual fights within mortal Kombat, like our first 
non-tournament tournament fights. <laughs> yeah, like like a series of fights and stuff that we see. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you guys think about this part of the movie where you know where Earth Realm warriors get their asses kicked? Uh Tabmok, you want to go first? Um, I guess my favorite part of this whole thing was finally seeing Kano be like, you know what? I'm gonna side with the bad guys on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um you could tell that he and Cabal had some kind of history together. Obviously, as Mortal Kombat fans, we know they're both Black Dragon members. Within the continuity of this movie, not really exactly sure how it all fit together with him getting the mask and 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 what exactly transpired between them. But whatever it is, I really liked seeing Kano say, you know what? I'm I'm going to team up and I'm going to be with Shang Tsung. I'm going to be on the winning side this time. I like when Kano says, or, or Cabal says to Kano, he says, you used to be the leader of the Black Dragon. And then Kano says, I am the Black Dragon. You know, that was a cool little <laughs> yeah. line. I, I hate seeing Cabal a bad guy. Um, yeah. And and yeah. like that, that's something that bothers me in, in Mortal Kombat 11 also. Like, yeah. Cabal, I, think it, I think it works. I think that works. It, it worked in this movie. It definitely it did. I think it was no, fine. Like, I, I, I was willing to just let it go and accept it in this movie. But like in general, like especially in 11, it was just like, oh my God, especially since he was taken at a point in time where he was a good guy. So like wait, wait, wait. Yeah. With, 11, yeah. with 11, I actually think that worked too. And it's with nine. That's where they messed up. Cabal never should have been a, a reformed black dragon member turned proper. Please. Okay. That, that that's true. And I don't like that, but at least they have it. At least they show that he's a good guy because Cabal is a good guy. In the original timeline, he was a good guy. All right, they fucked well, him up in deception. Well, exactly. up until MK deception. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah that's right. And they, they fucked him up in deception. All right, he's he's just this motherfucker. And like, I think he's like this. Oh, I forgot what. All right, yeah, he's I, flipping back and forth like a ping pong ball. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to Cabal anymore. That, that's the thing about Cabal. Sorry, he, he's he's on both sides the entire time in both timelines. Really, now in the original timeline, as as you both just said, he was good. And evil. He worked with Havoc to reform, I think, the Black Dragon, etc. He got beaten by Movado, then went back and beat up Movado, took back his hook swords, etc. Right. So he's like a, I mean, yeah, back and forth, like just like his ability, right? But then in this is where I agree with you in the sense that eleven made no sense because well, nine too. Yeah, you're right, Tabmok. He shouldn't have been good technically. But then in eleven, it made no sense. He was bad because they took him from when he was good in the new timeline. Now, no matter what no they sense. do with Cabal going forward, it's the wrong call. Exactly. <laughs> but, but Cabal was done so well in the movie, in my opinion, despite that he was evil, everything. Let, let's flip back to the games for a second, just for a second. At some point, Cabal's got to be honest. He's like, look, I don't know whether I'm good or bad or what. I just kind of like to fight. I just want to be here and fight somebody. I don't care who it is. I don't care what side I'm on. I just want to. I just need that battle, man. The character never made sense Let's just keep it that way. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares at this point? <laughs> Tabmok saying it's Tabmok time or combat time. <laughs> with with Kano and, and Cabal both, you know, in the Black Dragon, they're mercenaries, so it works. Like I, I like I said, I hate seeing Cabal as a black guy or as a, as a black whoa, guy. Whoa, <laughs> I got black dragon and bad mixed up. All right, that's that's gonna have to be edited out. African American dragon now. No, you, should just, you should just keep that. That's funny. I don't. I don't think that's, that's, funny. that's funny. So I hate seeing Cabal as a bad guy, but the fact that he is black dragon, you know, it works. That that he's a mercenary, so he gets hired out by by Shang Tsung to fight for Outworld. That, Tell like, us how you really works. feel. 
okay um well yeah i mean i i I learned to accept it with um with uh with this movie in terms of like cabal's portrayal and stuff like that i guess i guess talking about like the whole series of fights in the temple a lot of a lot of the fights in the movie almost all of them except for the beginning and the 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 fight between jackson and uh and sub-zero and the end all of them are like really poorly edited and shot like i don't really get the sense that i'm watching like kung fu fighting i feel like i'm getting like generic action movie american action Ooh. movie choreography where they're just shooting and or not shooting they're like uh throwing punches like random weird choreographed punches and stuff like that like especially the Melina and Sonya fight, like oh my god, I can't, I don't even know what's going on. Like I think Melina flips her size twice when she's getting ready to fight. Like she does it twice in this in the seat in the scene. And it's just it's it's terribly shot, and I, I just I don't know. I just I I feel nothing in those fights at all because they're just mm. they just they're they're shot poorly, and I don't really get the sense of like really seeing kung fu and like Mortal Kombat is all about kung fu, you know. It's all, it's all about the, the it's all about martial arts. And when you're not having that in a Mortal Kombat product or movie or whatever it is, you're like, that's that's a big yikes. That's a big yikes. You know, and it, with some of these fight scenes, like the one between Kung Lao and Natara, that was probably one of my favorite fatalities. But there was no buildup and no drama during that whole yes. exchange. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah, you no, know, there was, there I, was I like some buildup. There was some buildup. Shang Tsung says she's beautiful. That's true. <laughs> I was gonna, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do, yeah, do it. I don't want to do a it. real turn on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the actress is beautiful. So maybe, yeah, maybe that was a you know offset thing that kind of got stuck in the movie. <laughs> I, uh, to me, it felt like they were trying to make it Sonia Shang Tsung at ninety five. Very similar yeah, to that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but that's true. Yeah. I don't, Look, I don't to be know. honest, Natara didn't have enough speaking lines. Reiko didn't have enough speaking lines. They um, didn't so, have any. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's an There's issue. Grunting. Yeah. Look, imagine if you guys had Reiko and Natara on your podcast. We we actually do on every one of our um, <laughs> they're, they're here. <laughs> but, but you are right about the martial arts actually brusque uh what you're saying like it's it there was no real martial arts and we i think we all spoke about this i think in the past actually or a few of us did about how we were kind of concerned that they weren't bringing on enough martial artists and they were bringing on people who might not even have been stunned actors as such because we were worried about the action now the first fight scene is everybody's favorite scene of the movie for a reason it's because we have mm-hmm. people who are literally experienced with martial arts right we have sanada yeah, and Joe we have, Taslim. Uh, yeah. Taslim, right and Taslim, really you could tell he was on another level you really could and max we Wong, don't see really that. good really really yeah. good yeah yeah definitely max Wong too um it's just this that, movie didn't make the most of their martial arts abilities that's the issue exactly yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I totally, to, yeah, I mean, you're, you're I would say, you, I, I would say, I, I totally agree, but you agree with my point, so it sounds like I'm yeah. <laughs> so. I agree with you agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, should we talk about Goro versus Cole? 
No. No. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is the climax of the movie almost. Well, I guess the one one of the climaxes. This movie has like three climaxes. But I will, I will say one one more thing about the fights is that we were the director has been on record saying that we were promised we, he promised the best fight scenes ever put on film, and that was like it's one of the worst things I've ever. So like, nah, yeah, we got the we got the Tazlan fight. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but like. <laughs> fight scenes we're talking about like all the scenes in the fight in, in the movie yeah. 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 trailer park yeah <laughs> but anyways this the goro take place in goro's lair this took place in a trailer park <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah goro was stopped by a truck a, a pickup truck, truck. Yeah. yeah you know uh, is this once would it be too much to ask to have like I don't know, a bunch of gray bricks stacked up and like a skeleton being chained to the wall, like a real cinematic Goro's Lair. Or can mm. we have at least one time where Liu Kang beats Goro in any outside media? Like, can we finally have this, please? Nope. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day. One day. You know, Goro, like, I'm a huge Goro fan. And you know there's always the argument is goro just a jobber and stuff like that and i defend goro because of his backstory and in this movie goro is nothing but a monster Monster. like he Mm. he gets an axe to the side by a random person just like in a a scary movie like you know the girlfriend's trying to help their boyfriend escape like it it was just it was it was sad it It was so sad it's peak fanfiction.net writing like goro (laughs) in a in a ranch or in a in the middle of nowhere sort of setting and he gets stopped or like he gets hurt by a, an OC's wife with an axe to his leg <laughs> and he dies because or and, and something that stops him is because a truck hit him and I'm just I'm, I'm trying to I'm literally just I don't know what I'm doing just thinking about this scene like it's just like it's just fucking with my head right now and that's the scene <laughs> that's the scene where Cole Young has the worst arcana out of everybody in the whole movie and that's saying something but but um, cuz i like the arcana but with Cole Young it was literal plot armor yep <laughs> literal <laughs> plot armor i call literal. it the, the wicker basket armor yeah. it's it's verbatim it's verbatim armor from the plot <laughs> the plot decided this is when he's going to get this is when he's going to be good see For i didn't no mind reason, the armor no build up. i didn't mind the armor the armor was cool in my opinion the, my problem was with the tonfa because firstly tanya secondly oh yeah this guy's an mma fighter when did he learn how to use tonfa was it part of his arcana yeah. that he suddenly knows how to use them too that- that's what I said. That's what I. That's what I also said. I'm just like, what? What do the Tonfas have any relation to Cole? Like the Arcana is supposed to have relation to you, be, based on like stuff that's happened in your past, or just like something that's part of your character. When has the Tonfa ever? How? When have the Tonfas ever been part of his character? Yeah. Like, not, when? Not only that. Not only that. But using Cole Young to kill Goro is the worst decision they could have made because. Yeah. In, in in MKX and MK11, why does everybody hate Devora? Because they're the one they're using her to kill Melina. Then they use her to kill Hanzo. So mm. she's the newcomer, and they're using her to kill off the most popular characters. Big mistake. Now they do the same thing with Cole Young, using him to kill Goro. So we already don't know if we like this Cole Young guy, but at that moment, like, dude, you don't have the right to kill Goro. He's the reigning <laughs> champion for five hundred years. You know, he- Liu Kang. It should be the one to do it. But if we see Johnny Cage or Scorpion do it, we can accept that. But Cole Young, no, dude. Sorry, just no. 
When I saw that, when I saw that scene, I was like, I don't, I don't want to hear anybody complain about Scorpion killing Goro again in Scorpion's Revenge. All right, There's, you can't get any worse than that because so many people like dismiss, or not so many people. I think majority of people, but like so many people just threw a pissy fit like over over that scene. Which honestly, I I don't, I didn't agree with. I you know what? I think it could have been done better. You know, there's plenty of ways you could have done it better. But like compared to like Cole Young beating Goro, like come on. You know, like you can't you can't get any worse than that. Yeah, it really makes you appreciate Scorpion's Revenge a little more. Yeah, huh? it makes me. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I I've been appreciating it one hundred percent. But yeah, is is it is it Cole's first win? I can't remember. Yep, that's for, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's his, his first, first win is against the reigning champion of Mortal Kombat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys remember, his his eyes glow, and then the uh, his armor actually comes out of his bracelet. So his powers <laughs> kick in because his family is in danger. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. does that remind you of? Uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Johnny Cage and, and MKX. Like oh, yeah. When he gets the green oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just, yeah. But, but you're right. No, but the family is the source of it because his daughter made him that bracelet. So yeah. is the bracelet the Arcana, or is it Arcana <laughs> they can change bracelets into armor? Like you don't, you don't yeah. need tattoos. Well, we've seen you Arcana just need a interact with objects already. So yeah, the two. Yeah, the metal arms, like Jax's metal arms. <laughs> oh man, um, what did you guys think about Kung Lao's death? Um, I go back and forth on it because I feel like okay, I'm gonna here's a here's a spicy hot cake or something like that i know a lot of people are gonna give me shit for this but i i i've, I've always saw kung lao as being like the kung lao being his purpose what is always to die to motivate Liu kang it's it's been that way forever um it's been that way forever it's happened so many times i feel like people are not getting the message that that's kind of like how the character uh, people aren't getting the message that this character is kind of like how it's supposed to be i feel like People don't really see it that way because a lot of because because when you're playing a video game and you're playing as a character and they're really cool gameplay wise and they have so many cool things to them, you feel like there's more to the character. There's more like things to explore and all that kind of stuff. When in reality, yeah, your mind fills in yeah, the blanks. Yeah, it's like it's like this is my main character. This is the main character when when you play the character, all that kind of. Thing. And I, I I just don't feel like that's the case for Kung Lao. You know, I, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm alone on that one. I, I will defend it to the death, but I, I don't mind it too much. I, the only problem that I have though, the why, the reason why it doesn't work for me, or at least half works, half doesn't, is because we got Liu Kang and Kung Lao in live action for the first time, and they have never, they, they did not share a single, Line exchange of dialogue ever. We have Kung Lao speaking to Liu Kang. We have Liu Kang speaking to Kung Lao, but they never respond to each other. There's never an exchange. There's never some sort of like real interaction in the movie. And I feel like it would have been better. This this death would have worked better if we really saw like this brotherly bond or something like that, which we know that is what they have in the games. Um, but it's never it's never even it's not even shown in battle of the realms it's not even shown it's it's almost never shown outside of and outside mk media or in the games yeah. in the games we see it the most yeah yeah in the games we see it the most and outside media we don't really see it 
Um, I like the fact that Shang Tsung has his soul steal fatality. I mean, he's still, mm. you know, that's his big thing. That's that was Shang Tsung's fatality when they first showed him in MK2, but he even did it in the MK1 comic book. Like that was always his thing. He steals souls. So he needed to steal someone's soul. Um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Like I just wonder, are they gonna are they gonna retcon Kung Lao's death? Are they gonna bring him back and like revive him in the next movie? So that, will that cheapen oh. the whole thing? You know, I don't know, but <laughs> If death is a permanent thing in this movie, then, you know, the soul steal, you need to have at least one soul steal. And I'm glad it was his. I think it added to Shang Tsung's menacing tone, you know, because, you know, he's standing there the whole time watching everybody fight. Kung Lao throws a hat at him and he just like dodges it by just moving like barely at all. And then, you know, he gets pissed off and just like sucks Kung Lao towards him and takes his soul. And it, it makes him a bigger villain in this storyline then you know even then I, I felt like at this point like with that action it made him a bigger villain than uh carrie T- tagawa's shang Tsung because of just how powerful he comes across as well i uh i i don't know if i would agree with that because like he finally gets to establish himself as a threat like almost halfway through the movie like it's almost like the movie is like well like beyond the halfway the halfway point mm-hmm like Carrie did it in Carrie, the opening Carrie, scene. Yeah, Carrie did it in the opening scene, and he's been doing it throughout the entire movie. Like he was stealing souls of that tiger guy that Liu Kang fought. <laughs> um, um, uh, he he did it in the beginning of the movie, and he did it with Art Lean. Yeah, Art Lean. You know, like he was doing. He was establishing. He was establishing his hierarchy throughout the entirety of the movie. In this movie, it's established like well beyond half of the the halfway point of the movie. And uh, before then, he was just standing around kind of being evil, evil Shang Tsung guy, evil monster, not evil, guy, but like evil antagonist guy. <laughs> oh, and you know what else? Someone pointed out that Shang Tsung doesn't shapeshift during the entire movie. Mm. That's like, true. That's his other big thing besides stealing yeah, souls true. is he's a shapeshifter. He doesn't do it. He's going to mm. do it in the next movie. He's going to turn into Shang Tsung. Or he's gonna. I'm sorry. He's gonna turn into Kung Lao. He's gonna turn. A, he's gonna turn into Kung Lao when when Liu Kang faces him and all that kind of. That stuff. would it's, actually it's be a really happen. good way to bring Kung yeah. Lao back. It's, it's actually just Shang Tsung shapeshifting. Yeah, it's gonna happen. That's what. That, that, well, that's 100 percent gonna happen. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the biggest issue with this for me, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that he used his soul steel fatality, and we had to see it. And I agree as well that I'm glad it was Kung Lao's of all people. However, I don't like that Kung Lao has been built up to be this amazing fighter, and we all know him to be a great fighter, especially with the tone and direction they took his character in for this film. Uh, I, again, I agree with you, Brusque. I don't like the direction they've taken him in with the later games. I hate that he's this sort of arrogant fool, basically. Yeah, um, he's like an in, asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this, they, they really bigged him up, and I like that. But then he gets done dirty just as much as he does to Natara. Like, he literally can't get a hit in. Nothing. He throws a hat skip soul steel yeah. done. like at least give him a bit of a fight or something and with regards to these to the shape-shifting i feel it would have been even cooler if he turned into kung lao and walked out of a portal or something as after he did that like that would have been amazing yeah it's just the idea of kung lao dying i don't mind it's just that i wish there was more like more more like meat toward hmm. that like ha- toward that that event and they like, also should have brought back meat as a character. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they like, you know, meat. like they left meat out. He was my favorite character in Armageddon. What are we doing? 
Yeah, like exchange of dialogue with Liu Kang, uh, more a little bit more fight scenes and uh, and and a fight scene with with Shanks. It would have been a little bit better. It would have just felt like a little not. I don't know. It just it just would have been better. Yeah. Mortal Kombat has so many characters right now. It's really hard to do this movie justice and do all the characters in this movie justice because you'd want to see more screen time for everybody. We want to, mm-hmm. like, like we said, Natara didn't get any speaking lines. Reiko didn't get any speaking lines. Liu Kang and Kung Lao should have had more um, exchanges with each other. We should have allowed all these characters a little bit more breathing room and a little bit time to learn who they are as characters. And also, they should have had more time to fight. So we really needed at least like another we 30 minutes to this movie, I think. <laughs> yeah, They yeah. cut too much out, right? Yeah, well, they they didn't need to bring in the characters that they did. Um, yeah, they didn't like, need to. Yeah, just keep it to Mortal Kombat one's cast, and there you go. I mean, by the time we get to you know they make a Mortal Kombat Armageddon movie, you know that movie can be six mm-hmm. hours long because <laughs> the the story is going to be so crazy. But at this point, this is a, a an intro movie. It doesn't need to have in characters from later down like these later games. And, and they just shouldn't have had Cole Young. And that, yeah, they yeah. could have. If they just stuck to the MK1 cast, maybe a tiny little bit from two, that would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't mind like Jax being in an MK1 story because, you know, like it's part of Sonya's backstory. He's part of Sonya's backstory as well. I I, I can I can accept it. I've accepted it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But like and especially and and especially like if it's a prequel movie, because when you're doing prequel movies, usually it's always to establish like. Or, or uh, to give backstory to already established characters or something that's already been established, give backstory to something. So if you're going to do a prequel, we'll be fine, but establish the characters in a pre in, in, in a way a prequel would do it like like use this time to develop the characters when you get to the uh, and then you'll have all the time in the world when you get in the tournament to do just a bunch of fights and you don't have to do too much like character development. You should do it still, of course. But like you've already done so much of like the work, heavy work in a prequel type setting, but they didn't do that. So, yeah. And so that's what why I, like a lot of people. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. Yeah, it's a different. Uh, uh, it's just like because I, I mean, like because I've seen so many people were like, "Well, Rusk, you, 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 uh, you, you, uh, you, you defend Battle of the Realms, and they used a bunch of characters that didn't need to be there, but like you hate the 2021 movie." I'm like, "Well, hold on. There's a difference. All right." I'm okay with them. Like I'm okay with like Reiko and Lee May and some of the characters that didn't get much in, in that movie because it's an MK2 story. All right. And those characters shouldn't even be there in the first place. So the fact that they're not even doing anything to like influence an MK2 story, I'm okay with that. All right. If they're just mm-hmm. there to like be like fights, I'm okay with that. But like when you're talking about the 2021 movie, this is a prequel movie. All right. Or kind of a little bit or at least, yeah, to the tournament. If you're doing, if you're putting in a prequel setting, it's always to uh, it's always to establish already or uh, put give backstory to already established things, like put more context into already established things. So that's why I have a problem. That like what you're saying about giving everybody enough time and choosing the the right number of characters, you're always going to have issues. You're always going to pick a certain roster, and then not everybody's going to get their time to shine. And yeah, that's understandable. It definitely it's okay is, for side characters to be side characters. Sure. Yeah. But at the same time, bear that in mind when writing and when filming, because you don't want to write in a character who's never going to get a chance. Like I fully believe that Baraka, for example, did not get put into this and they chose Natara or somebody instead as firstly an Easter egg. And secondly, because they knew they weren't going to give her much time. 
whereas they didn't want to do that to Baraka. But then you have, as you just said, Shang Tsung, the entire movie, not making a single mark. And before the movie aired, I was so hyped for Chin Han as Shang Tsung because I love, like, he has martial arts experience. Like, I don't know if you've seen Marco Polo, for example. He's using Mantis and that, praying Mantis and such. I was so hyped to see something from him. You know what I mean? Like, and then all we got was the Soul Steel. That was literally it. He didn't get any proper time to shine except to look menacing. And in a Mortal Kombat movie, I expect them to look menacing through their combat. So if you're going to pick characters, try to give them their time in the spotlight in a way which fits their character properly. Yeah. On, no. on that same note, I mean, should we talk about Molina? Because we should. No. <laughs> I keep saying no anytime. I'm Look, I said it before. They should have had Katana. When it comes to somebody like Melina, who's you know a clone, it, it, they didn't do it right. Katana should come first. Melina, you might say, is a second stringer. <laughs> yeah, I. Sorry, sorry for all the puns, guys. I hope it's not making you cry. <laughs> Okay, Monk, you never fail. You never fail. Oh, you do so this all the time on your me. videos. It's just never going to escape. <laughs> this is Yanni's favorite part. Is the I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you'd rather Melina show up uh, kind of like she did in Annihilation as part of the sequel where... No, she- <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Honestly, both at the same time. When, we, when MK2 came out, we got Katana and Melina. They're both in the same game. They're sisters. Hey, mm-hmm. turns out Katana was actually the rightful heir to Outworld back when things were the way they should be. And Melina's just a grotesque clone trying to make things like keep going the bad way. It's like, wow, that's interesting. They, I thought these were the same characters. Turns out they've got totally different directions. Mm. They should have had them both roll out at the same time. And, you know, they find out, the good guys find out throughout the movie that, hey, one of them can actually be trusted. One of them might actually defect to us. We just lost a, a, a defector. We just lost Kano to the bad team but maybe we can get one of them to come to art side and even the odds a little bit. They could have had so much fun with it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think leaving out Katana was, was a big mistake. I mean, didn't you know that clones come before the original? Yeah. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that could add something cool for the second movie is, you know, they see Melina again and they're like, Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> let's, let's beat her up. And then it ends up being Katana. Mm. Like, that could be a, an interesting reversal of that dynamic, but I I don't feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> I I don't think so. Um, I mean, I yeah, I mostly agree with Tadmuck. I mean, like, because w- Melina's story is so it's 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 a very complex and really good story, but it requires it is a requirement to have Katana in there one hundred percent. And when you don't do that, you have a a generic character and that's exactly what we got if you replace melina with generic outworld female number two nothing would change the character would not change at all could have been yeah. jade could have been tanya could have been whoever right it doesn't well, yeah, matter it, it did yeah it, it, it's so, like there is no character in Melina. She wasn't tethered to Katana, so she had nothing about her that yeah. made her her. Exactly. She actually didn't get to be Melina. And that's the case with Reiko. Not mm-hmm. not so much the case with Cabal, but that's the case with Reiko, and this is the case with Natara. Yeah. And, and a little bit, a little bit Shang Tsung. A little bit. Um so yeah, yeah it's 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 just why why? Just why 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 are we treating characters like this? Yeah. yeah it might have made more sense to even have Shiva in that movie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fighting with just like I guess like like the characters were were jobbers. The characters were meant to be jobbers. 
Yeah. Why mm. weren't they actually jobbers? Like why why didn't why weren't like Shang Tsung's henchmen Melina, Reiko, and Nitara? Why weren't why weren't why weren't though why weren't they in those places, in those roles? Like why it's it's of course for recognizability to have like, oh, to market the movie, like, oh, look, look how many characters we have and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just like, you're 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 sacrificing that, you know, you're sacrificing a gimmick for uh for character development and story and all that I'd, kind of I'd stuff. I'd like to see a little bit more character development, absolutely. And you can't do that with Melina without Katana there. Yeah, yeah. They need each other. Did you guys appreciate Melina and Katana's portrayal in Legacy? Yes. 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 That's one of the highlights of Legacy. I don't like Legacy, but that's one of the biggest highlights of Legacy. 100%. I mean, seeing them grow up with each other and, you know, seeing that whole interaction between them and seeing, you know, when Katana was starting to turn and you could see Melina getting disappointed, like, wow, you're really losing your way. That's exactly how it was in the original timeline. Exactly. Almost exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this, so in this movie at this point, uh, the the Earth Realm Warriors have decided to come back and do their own tournament that's not a tournament and this is when they they decide who they're gonna fight and you know Jax has his new arms so he gets to fight uh reiko at the not pit pit stage and and, you know cabal and lucane get to go at it again um and cole chooses melina and this is the first time we actually get to see melina's full mouth thing where she like opens up her mouth so much because she's so angry that she can't hurt Cole because of his armor and she ends yeah. up ripping her mouth open and you see that full effect. Um, do you guys feel like this version of Melina is anywhere accurate to how you would kind of imagine this flesh pit Melina from the video games? No, not at all. No, actually there was one thing about legacies Melina that I didn't like, which was that her mouth kept going back from human to Tarkatan and it should yeah. have just been Tarkatan the yeah. whole time. Mm. So that part, I did kind of like the way her, her mouth was portrayed in this movie a little better. Well, I, I, I don't like Melina at all when she has lips, you're not supposed to make her look cute or pretty and all that. That's not Melina's thing. Melina's thing mm-hmm. is like, it looks good when she has the, 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 the mask Matt. on yes. when she takes it off. She's this ugly, hideous monster. All right. That's, that's exactly how Melina. That's yeah. the whole yeah. point of Melina. And and anytime she has lips, it's like I, I'm just like, why why are you doing this? It's 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 I think it's majority majority of the time I think it's because they think it's dumb to have a character talk through like a Tarkatan mouth, and I'm just like, explain parents then. Explain parents. Nobody <laughs> fucking cares. Like, come Baraka. on, man. I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, Barack, like, nobody has been caring that Baraka can do it. Why are we caring about Melina doing Baraka it? Baraka no? technically should not be able to say his own name. Yeah, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what was weird as well was that Raiden takes his warriors to the void right before yeah. they pick who they're fighting. And Shang Tsung, apparently, coincidentally, and fortunately, cannot follow here. I would love to understand that. And also, why didn't they just go to the Nexus? That's the case. Like, is that what it was supposed to be? Like, or why didn't they just train in the void the whole time? Why didn't they train in the void? Why didn't like, you know, like, why didn't they just train in the void? Why didn't like Raiden zap Shang Tsung away? Like he did at the very end of the movie. (laughs) Like, like it's like, there's so many, like so many ways that this movie, like could have just not happened. Like the events, like literally just, just not happen. If Raiden just did his job, if Raiden literally just did what he was supposed to do, the movie yeah. like 
wouldn't have happened if he actually did what he's supposed to do. But you know, like, the void was really uh, a scary, dangerous place when they hinted at it in Deadly Alliance and Deception. And here it was almost just a stand in for the heavens. Yeah. yeah. Like <clears throat> when, you know, in MK4, when you see that, that Johnny Cage's soul goes to heaven and he, he makes it back, there's a sense that like, oh, OK, that's that's where the dead people go. But when there was a soul NATO and they, you know, Draman and Moloch threw Scorpion into it and that was going to destroy him. Only somehow his soul made it to the void where the elder gods are. And it was just a, like a miracle that that happened. That seemed like a freak of, you know, like a freak chance that that even happened. It seemed like the void should just destroy people. Like that's yeah. what they would have expected. But here it's like, hey, I, I know. Let's all just go to the void. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I don't know. I, I didn't bother. Uh, I, you, know, I, I didn't, you bring the pizza. I'll bring some sodas. Let's all go to the party. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, okay, yeah. I, I don't. I didn't really think of it that way. But the more like you you put it that way, I'm just like, yeah, damn. Like if they're gonna treat like the void like it's just some safe place, some safe haven. It's a safe why, space. Yeah. Why didn't? Yeah. Say, yeah. Say, uh, literally a safe space. <laughs> why didn't they just train there? Like why? 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 Like. Wh- you could have prevented all of this, Raiden. You could have prevented all of this by just putting them there. Now, like, I think Greg, the writer, said something about like, oh, they can't go to the bathroom or something. I was just like, okay, come on, man. <laughs> like, that, that was his explanation. Yeah, that was his explanation. Just like, well, they need to go to the bathroom. Just like, okay, dude. Really? <laughs> like, that, that would have been. I think he literally just, I think he literally said, like, well, like, you know, like, there's a question, there's a lot of questions that come up. Like, what if he, what if they need to go to the bathroom? Just like, then you open up a portal to the trailer park, I guess. Yeah, just open up a portal <laughs> and come right like, back. Teleporter toilet, do something, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, it, it calls into question why they even felt the need to put Raiden's force field up with his staff, which could apparently be destroyed so easily from the inside. It's like, uh, this he, part didn't, he didn't even need to put a he didn't even need to put a force field. All he could have done is just zap him away as soon as he saw him enter the temple. That's exactly. it. He has the right to do though to 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 do that, and he did that at the very end of the movie. <laughs> After he should have done that now. earlier. Yeah, he should have just done that earlier. What do you guys think about the rest of the fights during this scene? Um, like like uh, Sony versus Kano, for example. Uh, I can't see anything. It's it's so dark. It's just mm. like it's it's such and it's such a dark setting and it's a very edit. tight setting. It's yeah, a very it's tight. A, they have no room to fight. It, it, it was a little yeah. claustrophobic of a scene. Yeah, they were and in the toilet for a while, weren't they? Yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes back to the director's obsession with going to the bathroom here. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I, did, I, I would like to get one of those lawn gnomes though. <laughs> yeah, the one that I, I think Kano really liked it too. It's the deadliest weapon yeah. that Sony has. <laughs> if anybody finds a uh, website we can get like that exact lawn gnome, hit me up in the comments. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Tamak, I think you really would buy that. Yeah, yeah you yeah, would. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Don't you have the same watch that Bridget Wil- uh, the same watch that Bridget Wilson had in You have the- a good memory. Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. I tracked down Ooh. that exact model watch. It's a uh, Pathfinder MW43. It's amazing. I wow. I want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, it, talking about the fights, um, I just find it a little weird that like, what? Why are you like Raiden? Like, is sending these these guys to out? Like, why are you sending them to Outworld? Like, why are you sending Jax and Reiko to Outworld? Like, it, it's just turn. so. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, or like, yeah, like what? Or like. Shao Kahn's fortress, or like, oh no, it's actually Cabal's lair. I think that's what it was. Uh, like, what? 
why are you sending them to Outworld or like, like what, 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 what is the purpose of these settings? Why are they all in these different settings? It's of course for MK references, the pit, and then we have a Shao Kahn statue, like maybe some sort of Shao Kahn fortress or something like that. But um, it, it just doesn't make sense in terms of like story writing. Like, why would you send them there? <laughs> yeah. What was Raiden's motivation for sending them to Outworld? I mean, yeah. I think he, you know, I think out. I, I think Cole Young said we want to take the tournament to them, right? So we're just yeah. gonna track them. They're not expecting us to do this. I don't know. I, does it, it really matter where they fight though? No. Anything's better than a freaking trailer park at this point. Well, <laughs> Sonya's works because that's Sonya knows her turf. Like there's mm-hmm. that one scene where you know she went on the floorboards or whatever, and then yeah, Sonya's like, I guess works. It's just yeah. that like I, I don't know. I, I just don't see the. I, I feel like you can bring the fight to them if you I think you can bring the fight to them if you like bring them in a difference. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't I, see the I point. Was, of- I think I was OK with it. But then, you know, the final scene, the final conflict for Scorpion and Sub-Zero takes place at Cole Young's gym. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. The, the, the big climax takes place in a frozen gym. But like Raiden didn't there. choose that spot. Or, I mean, or Cole didn't. That was Scorpion's location, wasn't it? No, it was no, uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Sub Zero, Sub Zero yeah. chose that because he kidnapped the family and then takes them to the gym and freezes them up there. So yeah, yeah. Like, it, I mean, there's so much of this movie. You're just like budget, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's like the only explanation you have for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Like, 95 had a very small budget, and they were able to have a lot of really nice scenes and a really yeah. a lot of nice settings. So. Well, yeah. I mean, but if you're in Australia, where are you going to shoot? It's yeah. either <laughs> rocks or the gym down the road. Yeah, I know. So. I mean, that's true, but I'm just like, well, then don't shoot in Australia. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My biggest issue with most of the fights, really, I mean, other than the fact that the martial arts themselves weren't very, were on the same scale as we already discussed from the initial fight scene of the movie and the final one, but also the sort of, Things that happen within them. So, for example, Sonya versus Kano. He loses control of his eye because she throws, what was it? Uh, alcohol into his eye or something, right? <laughs> Rubbing alcohol. Then he yeah. gets a gnome in the eye. Then on top of that, you've got Sonya suddenly turning up after the, every single good guy has spent the entire movie training to get their arcana. Gets the marking within literally three seconds, apparently. Has yeah. complete mastery yeah. over her arcana. She has the she has the pink rings and what are the and like what do the pink rings have like what what do they what what is what do the pink rings have anything to do with her like nobody ever what is the relationship more. yeah <laughs> what's, what's the relation yeah like, maybe nobody wanted to propose her yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tabmok's video is it uh, like is it uh, mechanical or is it Im- embedded like you know I. I you know what I had a headcanon in the original timeline sh- that that was actual chi. Yes, same. I think yeah, because yeah, like I think I I don't remember exactly where it was, but I think I remember there was something in the lore that said that Liu Kang and Sonya trained with each other, and Sonya learned learned it, learned it from Liu Kang. I don't think it's actually said that. I think I think I made that connection because uh, Sonya does the bicycle kick, and so that's and and, and then uh, she does and then, mm. and then she has some sort of like fireball. So I, I thought, okay, maybe she was training with Liu Kang. That's my that was my headcount. I can see where you would think that, but she yeah. shouldn't have that by MK one. She shouldn't have already been training. No, with but him. that was an MK that was an MK three when she had it. Yeah, the bicycle yeah, kick, yeah. MK four going yeah. up, no? Oh three. No, no, no. MK MK three she had it going up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah right. but that wouldn't explain the ring toss. 
Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. wait, she does have the rings in. Yeah, she does have the rings in MK. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. why would oh. she have it in the movie? That's the question. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's her yeah. Arcana, but like, what do they have in relation to her? That's 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 that's. The, I don't know, but Arcana can interact with tech, so you know. Oh, so maybe she was wearing that special fancy watch that Bridget Wilson had. And right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's talk about, you know, the last... Pathfinder MW43. Pathfinder MW43. <laughs> we are not sponsored. <laughs> the final battle with uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Um, this is the next big climax of the movie. <laughs> and, yep. uh, like, uh, by far one of the top two fight scenes in the entire movie. And this is, I mean, it had to be because this is what everybody's waiting for. Let's talk about some of the positive and negatives of this scene though. Um, who would like to start? Go ahead. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, first of all, Scorpion versus Sub-Zero is the fight that all the Mortal Kombat fans want. So, yeah. you know, the studio did what the right thing here as far as making it about Scorpion and Sub-Zero. I don't think they can pull that trick again for the sequel, but um, I think it was the right call. You know, I think it was a good note to end the movie on. Uh, I think it was a nice, long, drawn-out fight. Uh, I think it was cool seeing Scorpion actually say, get over here for the first time, only it wasn't Ed Boon's voice. So right. uh, maybe that maybe that was actually okay. Maybe they didn't need to repeat the whole Ed Boon's voice. Um, I like seeing Sub-Zero actually was very menacing again, you know, with freezing people. Um, it, it was very high stakes. And I guess what else I really liked when Scorpion did his fatality and lit Sub-Zero up on fire. You saw Sub-Zero turn into ashes. There was a little bit of hint that he was like going to become Noob Saibot with the mm -hmm. fact that they made it look like Black Ash when, when he was burnt up. So Even his I think they did a really lot of good stuff here. I am. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I've always I've, I've always said that, like, um, I don't I don't really mind. Besides the setting, um, being, the, the final climactic fight of a Mortal Kombat movie takes place in a frozen gym. That's just, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that hundred percent, but the fight itself is actually pretty good. I like it. I mean, like Cole Young is in there. I don't, I don't think Cole Young needs to fight and also, and it kind of has to for story purposes. There's sort of yeah. like no way there's sort of no way out of that. Um, yeah. But like, you know what, for the most part, it is Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. And I think it, it was done very, very, very well. Um, I actually didn't like the toasty too much because it's less gory than Anakin burning in Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Like that, that is peak burning, like a very gory burn scene of somebody burning in a PG-13. And that, that movie was PG-13 and Anakin burning was more gory than Sub-Zero burning in this movie, which is rated R. So I yeah, feel like they could have done it. Seeing a burn victim survive makes it worse than actually seeing them burn to death. Because at yeah. least when they're dead, it's like okay, they're out of their misery. But but Anakin got to stay alive through that. And it's like oh god, he's gonna yeah. be tortured forever now. It was it it was painful. It was brutal. Yes. And that was in a PG thirteen movie, and this yeah. is rated R. And this guy just turns like to black, and that's it. it, it it's just it, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't like it too. Much. Hmm. I know a lot of people did because hey, lol, toasty. Which you know I understand. But like when you're talking about Mortal Kombat and especially when they like when they were talking uh, when, when promoting this movie, they were talking a lot about like how gory this movie is. The movie is so mm. fucking gross. La, 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 la. I'm just like, OK, well, if you get it, if you're if you're saying that and that's what and that's your toasty fatality, come on, you can do better. I, I would say this, too. I like the toasty fatality, but I like the old games where when Scorpion rips his mask off, he's a skeleton. That's yes. it. 
I don't like yeah. some of the stuff they yeah. started doing right with X. So, you know, just with the last two installments where he's kind of, he, his head kind of goes back and forth from looking like a human face to a skull, depending on his mood. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I like that stuff. I, okay, I go back. I think we started with 11 where like, it's sort of like, it's like that you can see through, like it's like you can skeleton, you can see through like a skeleton see through kind of thing. I go back and forth on whether or not like I like him ripping off and then he, he's a skeleton or not. I, I kind of like the Ghost Rider approach where he can go back and forth. But I feel like if you're going to go to the Ghost Rider approach, Ghost Rider, literally, you can visually see a skull. So I feel like that would be better. <laughs> hey, when did Scorpion join us? <laughs> look, this is how they do Scorpion now. Oh, want to look like a skull? I want to look, like a skull. I yeah. wanna look normal? I look normal. Want to look like a skeleton again? No, I'm a skeleton. Normal? Skeleton. Normal. Skeleton. Normal. Skeleton. So that's all they had to do for the movie. Just got a filter oh off. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that exact same one. That exact same one. That I, I did like Toasty on the, the movie, how, you know, he's breathing out of fire, but his lower jaw and stuff starts looking bony yes. and stuff because it's kind of burned away. I, I like that effect that they did there. And he did. Um, it was sort of a good balance, what you're saying. Sorry, Phantom. I'm just agreeing with you. Like that he removed the mask and then it sort of turned into a skull, kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was like he had melted himself away and then like, you know, his skin's there when he's done or whatever. But um, one thing about the fight, like, you know, everybody loves this fight scene. I rewatched it last night and there's a scene where, you know, they're doing this whole tag team on on Sub-Zero. Scorpion throws the, the kunai and it misses Sub-Zero. Cole like grabs it and rethrows it <laughs> like it gets stuck in sub-zero and then oh. scorpion like pulls them or something and it was just like this tag team fight like just get rid of cole like it was it was so yeah. much better before it got back to cole yeah <laughs> like yeah cole, cole young is like the worst case of studio interference you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. I, I used to compare him to like poochie you know from itchy yeah. and scratchy where they added him or maybe uh the great Gadzoo from Flintstones, but, uh, or Jar Jar, you know, since we're making so many Star Wars references on this stream, <laughs> like, like really, if we had just stuck with the Mortal Kombat base roster and, you know, added new characters if they were needed, like, and small bits and pieces, we didn't really need this whole big thing where the movie revolved around him. What were they thinking? He didn't, yeah. doesn't do a single thing in the movie. He just doesn't until, like, the Goro thing and a little bit of, a little bit of an assist with uh, with the scorpion in some zero fight. It, it was better when he wasn't doing anything because yeah. he hasn't really earned that right. He we haven't been mm -hmm. playing as this guy for twenty five years. Come on. Yeah, I think it's official. Lewis Tan's never going to come on the realm cast at this point. <laughs> in that sense, so, uh, Lewis, we'd love to talk to you, man. Come on and join us. That's fun. my that's my fault, guys. I was yeah, that was my fault, guys. I, I was I was I spent this entire stream shitting on Cole Young, bringing it up. <laughs> why, why don't you get Lewis Tan first and then go back and air this episode afterwards? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, one thing that we, we do make very clear here on the Realmcast is firstly, we're not just going to say what we want, what we think people want to hear. We'll always say what we believe. Now, one thing I was very clear about is that I am quite a big Lewis Tan fan in the sense that I enjoy a lot of his work. You know, He's I a really good do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely. And I was yeah, very excited. Yeah, we saw a clip of him in MK Legacy and, and MK Generations. It would have been awesome. Exactly. So I was very excited to see him in the movie. I just don't like the direction they took him in with Cole, of course, and most Mortal Kombat fans agree. Now, I specifically, like with regards to Cole, I think that they could have done him very well 
if they put him more to the side rather than as the lead, and he could have been interesting. Now, as I said, I like the the idea of his arcana being that the wicker basket, as Phantom says it. It was actually an interesting take. It was like a protective suit. It was, as you said, literal plot armor. But it could have had other abilities attached to it rather than a tonfer. You know, we could have seen Cole become a cool character if he didn't have this weird sort of modern MMA beaten down approach, uh, which really could have just been, you know, from the start, Johnny Cage, you know? Uh, so it's not his fault. And again, I'm not just saying this because man, man Lewis Tan, you want to join us? Cool. You don't? Fair enough. We've been hating <laughs> on Cole for quite a while, but it's just a shame. And I don't think it's his actual fault. I think no, it's right. just the way there's it nothing he could have done that, yeah. that would have changed the way Mortal Kombat fans feel about the fact that He's a new character. He's the new guy. There's just yeah. no getting around it. It doesn't matter who they pick or or how good that fighter is or actor is or whatever. Just we want to see a Mortal Kombat movie and we want to see the Mortal Kombat characters that we are already familiar with. We don't need a new person. I would have loved to have seen Louis Tan in any other role. Like literally, Louis Tan is great. It's just the character that that we didn't really need. Then not just him, exactly. but like the whole plot line. So like the, you know the studio's decision to make a Cole Young movie that. Uh, like uh, that that the original script started off with that you know we've talked about in the past that is one thing and if you wanted to make this movie and make it about somebody outside of mortal combat experiencing mortal combat like from outside perspective okay you can do that and see if it does well but that's not why people are going to the movie and this movie ended up becoming such an amalgamation of you know trying to take away that story but still keep whatever the studio interference had into it. And that's, I think, what fans don't like about Mortal Kombat 2021. Mm. I think the writers did their best to try to work around the studio's interference. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And we can we can see their, their love for the franchise comes through. And, you know, it is what it is. If there's any, but, you know, that did stop this movie, I think, from being the best movie that it could have been. Because oh, yes. honestly, to this day, um, when you see what is the best video game movie ever made, everybody says Mortal Kombat, and they mean the 1995 film one. But yeah. if the studio had just let the writers do their thing, they could have been saying Mortal Kombat 2021 because this movie hits a lot of the right notes. They have a good tone. They have the right violence. They have um, a lot of talented martial artists. They've got better special effects now than what we used to be able to do in the 90s. All the elements were there. For, for this to be the ultimate Mortal Kombat movie, for everybody saying, hey, what's your favorite video game movie? Mortal Kombat 2021. They were this close. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I still really like this movie, but it wasn't better than the 1995 film, and they could have gotten there. Yes. Brusque, what would you have done different? I would have probably... <sighs> There's so many things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so, I, I, of course, I would have made it a... I, I just would have... Completely made it a MK1 story. All right. I I know a lot of people, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the not not criticism, but um response to like, oh, why wasn't it an MK1 movie? A lot of people were like, well, well, we already saw the tournament so many times. I'm just like, okay, when was the last time we saw a tournament? Up until like when 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 uh in 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 in, in the cinemas, when was the last time we saw a tournament? 1995, all right? Yeah. All right. Scorpion's Revenge was direct to video. OK. And, th and that came before. Like, I don't know where this notion of like we saw the tournament so many times. I don't know where that notion comes from. Mm. I, th I, I think I, you when you when you when you're making a reboot of a movie, you start with the roots 
and the roots start with the tournament. And <clears throat> literally, literally, all you needed to do was just do that and just make it different from the make it different from the 95 movie. I get like not wanting to remake exactly 95, but 95 didn't establish like how the tournament works. So you could have improved there. Didn't, you know, do much on Scorpion and Sub-Zero. They already did that here. So, hey, take the elements that worked in the 2021 movie and put it in like a, you know, in my, my kind of like, you know, like M- my, my ideal MK 2021 movie and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, oh, crap. You can you can do you can do uh, a lot of the better fight scenes because like as much as I like the 95 movie, not all the fight scenes work. There's probably like only like two really, really good ones. The others are like kind of like acceptable. Make better fight scenes, shoot them better. Um there's just so much in this movie that like like I could talk I, I could talk on hours on end about like exactly like how to fix it but like it really comes down to starting from scratch to me honestly mm-hmm. I feel like you really need to start from scratch when it comes to like making a good Mortal Kombat movie you know yeah. so after, after this I mean the movie basically ends uh, Raiden and Shang Tsung have their parting words uh, Scorpion says you have freed me take care of my bloodline to Cole and his family in Japanese and (laughs) Cole, as far as we know, doesn't speak Japanese. So this is a very confusing scene. (laughs) So um, you read subtitles, can't he? That's right. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) There's subtitles in Japanese too, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, and you know, we get the whole teaser for Johnny Cage uh, and and that sort of thing. Cole's not going to be doing $200 fights anymore. He's gone off to find the next set of warriors. Um, I got two last questions basically for you guys. Do you think that Cole's going to be in the next movie? And do you think the next movie is going to do better or be better? Well, um, you know, first of all, I do want to congratulate the the team because this is the most popular movie on HBO Max. Yeah. You yeah. saw how fans were going rabid for release the Snyder Cut. When, okay. They released the Snyder Cut. Mortal Kombat did better than that. Yeah. And um, so that so, you know, they released Godzilla, which is another like really long standing popular franchise. Mortal Kombat outshined Godzilla, too. Like Mortal Kombat is still HBO Max's most popular film. So that's really saying something. And it aired in theater of the the film. What's that? And it aired in theater at the same time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So even though fans could still go to the theaters, it was still HBO Max's greatest accomplishment. Um, So having said that, Mortal Kombat, that's. You know, that's a tribute to Mortal Kombat as a whole. Mortal Kombat fans want to see the film. But that also says that the quality of the film, it had something there. You know what I mean? There was something really good about it that made fans want to go check it out. Um, As far as will they give Cole Young a spot in the sequel? I mean, how can they not? His goal was to go and find Johnny Cage. How are you going to say, oh, Cole Young found me and then not actually show him? That would be so weird. Like, mm. yes, they're going to have Cole Young in the it movie. It would be weird, but I don't think anybody would care. <laughs> I really don't think anybody. I think people would mainly be happy with that. I don't think I I, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I can't really think of anybody who would really like be like disappointed that Cole is not in the next movie or like, you know, like he barely has any scenes. Well, I don't know. I'm not privy to the details of Lewis Tan's contract either. So that might have that. Might I don't come think they're all, Yeah, they're, I don't think they're in a contract. I think there's I think they were assigned to do this movie and want to see how it would do. And then we'll see what happens in the next one. I think that's oh, I think that's I mean, what it is. I think we have pretty clear confirmation that Lewis Tan is coming back, judging by his latest tweets and such. Uh, well, all, of, but- all of them were promoting every every cast member was promoting the movie. And I think what was it? 
Molina's CC Stringer. Is mm-hmm. it Stinger or Stringer? Uh, Stringer. Stringer. Okay, yeah. Um, I think she she even I think she po- posted on her Instagram or something like that, where she was like, "I hope we're in the next movie" or something like that. I was like, "Oh, like yeah." yeah. They don't have, I don't think they've received the script. The actors. Yeah. I don't think they have it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Good I don't point. think. Um, yeah, I think they're just promoting it, like saying, like, "Hey, like, we worked on this movie, and guess what? You're gonna get more of it. We'll see what happens." You know. Good point. Yeah. I mean, judging by the shift in uh, writer and everything, uh, I think we have something to look forward to personally. So you know, I, you know, I, I, I yeah. When I saw that there's going to be a new writer, I'm like, okay, you're fixing something. You're fixing a problem. They're probably going to get a new director too. All right. You're fixing the problem and all that kind of stuff. But if like Cole Young is still in the movie, ah oh man, I don't know. It's just, it's just like I don't, I don't know if I can trust it. You know, like you can tell me that, like it, it, you can tell me that he's not in the movie or like he's like in a scene for like two scenes or something like that, and I'll be okay with it. But like, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'll. In terms of the second movie, any movie in general, when it's not from Marvel. And like maybe and 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 um and like maybe like high tier directors, I don't trust when when people when they say like this movie is coming out. Like DC has a has announced so many movies and like two of them are getting made. So which like is Warner Brothers, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. Warner Brothers. So I right. never believe them anytime they're saying that we're making this movie. All right, I, I will believe it until they start filming. All right, when they start you filming, there's there no way out. Be- do you remember there was going to be like a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage? Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know, yeah. remember there was supposed to be a Deadshot movie. All right. That never happened. There was supposed to be yeah, a Deathstroke right. movie. That never happened. There was, so, there's so many movies that DC Wonder Got Brothers it. announced. Yeah. Well, We've that's not DC Wonder Brothers. But yeah. Projects that will never Marvel, see the light of yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like <clears throat> anytime that they announce something, I never believe it until they start filming. Cause when they start filming, there's no going back. Of course. Mm. Um, so like, we'll see if hey, it happens. Filming MK generations. And we, that's still never going to see the yeah. light of day. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they start filming, that's no guarantee. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Uh, one, 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 more, one more thing. Sorry. Um, yeah, um, I will say that like with the second movie, them getting a new writer, that's a step in the right direction. Them getting a new director step in the right direction probably means there's a there's going to be a big shift in behind the camera work and i think that's okay because i think that's where it really starts and i think that's where the root of the problem is is the, is the stuff behind the camera i don't think it has anything to do with the actor or actress and stuff i think i think you can mostly work with with those people you know i like the writer and director in this movie i thought they did mm. a pretty good job i thought the yeah. studio interference was really the biggest problem so <clears throat> And it's the same studio. So I don't know if the real issue is, is going to be changed here. But um, like, well, you know, I'm a bigger supporter of the movie than you are. So I so I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So Bresk, tell us before, you know, we get off and then uh, I'll come back to you or I'll come back to you, Todd Mock, after this. Bresk, why should people avoid Mortal Kombat 2021? I feel like if you really care about the lore and you really care about the characters, the development, and if you really care about like the essence of Mortal Kombat, if you really care about like if you've been sticking around for the same reasons I have because of the characters, the story building, I really don't think you're going you're not going to get that in this movie. All right. You'll have references. You'll have Easter eggs. All right. Those are cute. Those are fun. You could enjoy them. I don't enjoy them when I'm not getting character development, when I'm not getting story development and I'm not getting like, 
I'm not, and I'm not getting good fight scenes as well because I'm barely getting. I'm getting like one or two, maybe three. So like in a Mortal Kombat movie, that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. So if you really care about the way the, the story that I, uh, if you really care about the franchise like I do, I stick I stuck around with the franchise because the character is the story and the lore. Uh, I don't think you're gonna get that in this movie at all. It's it's mainly it's 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 dumb fun, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't really I don't really look at Mortal Kombat. For dumb fun, I look at Mortal Kombat because of its really nice, well-written story and lore that it has. You know, I don't want everything to be accurate. Of course, I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never, I'm never going to like say like that's that's like super not accurate. It's super not like the games. It's okay. I'm okay with changes just as long as they make sense. And I don't really think any of this, any most of the changes in this movie make sense at all. So yeah, Tadmok, why should people give this movie a chance? Well, um, I've been a fan of the Mortal Kombat series since the beginning, and I'm also big into the lore, just like Brusque. So, oh, um, man, <laughs> man I'm, a little, I'm just a little confused by your, your response there, Brusque. But um, I do think fans should give it a chance. And, you know, to be fair to Brusque, he gave it a chance. If you're a fan of the franchise, of course, you're going to give it a chance. You have to see what it is and make it up your own mind. Um, there's parts of this movie that I like. There's parts of this movie that I didn't like. I think this was a good film. But I do think it is lacking in a lot of the areas that Brusque touched upon. And I don't think it's quite up to speed where the Mortal Kombat 1995 film was. I don't think it's that great, but it could have been. And it's close and it's got potential. And I'm still excited for a sequel. So I'd say see this, you know, see, go ahead and see this film. I don't know if there's going to be a sequel or not. But if you haven't seen this film for some reason, you should do it. It is HBO Max's number one popular movie for a reason. Well, yeah. Thank you, guys. And everybody, you've got some positives and negatives on why you should see the movie. You're going to find things that you like. You're going to find things that you don't like. And I think that's going to happen for most things that you really watch at any point in time, especially nowadays. So before we let you guys go, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a spin on our usual outro question and ask you, what was your favorite finisher from the movie? Let's start off with uh, Brusque. Oh man. Um which was the one uh, I'm I'm trying to think. Okay, which was the one that really made it that which which fatality made it really seem like it was an R-rated movie? And I think that would have to go to Kung Lao's. That one was pretty gross. That was the one that I was like, okay, that one was pushing the boundary. That one was making like solidifying itself as an R-rated movie. Everything else you could probably get away with being a PG-13 movie. All right. So I would and say Kung Laos. Kung Laos, yeah. yeah. I think Tabmok, judging by his reaction, tends to agree with you. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are watching carefully, but if you were reading my lips, I was lip-syncing Kung Lao right when Brusk was saying it. So. <laughs> I wasn't looking, I, was, I wasn't looking, so I didn't notice. <laughs> I was almost going to write it down on a piece of paper and hold it up as he was talking. <laughs> Dating game. <laughs> um, yeah, Kung Lao's buzzsaw fatality on the Tara. I might have even said that earlier in the stream, I don't remember, but that was definitely my favorite fatality from the whole thing. Sub-Zero ripping Jax's arms off was also yes. fun to see. Technically not a fatality since he survived it, but it was awesome. So those are some of my favorite moments from the whole the movie. Brutality, that's what it was. Oh no, brutality yeah. is also and in them dying. So okay, it is, yeah, it's not a fatality or brutality. It's a heroic brutality. How about a heroic that? brutality, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Denmark, where can our listeners find you? <clears throat> um, I'm on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash tabmock99. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at tabmock99 and brusque how about yourself you can find me on youtube 
Just search up Brusque Poet. You'll see it there on Twitter. I don't use it much, but uh, Brusque Poet is also the same thing. The same thing with Instagram. Instagram, Brusque Poet. You'll find me there. Also on Discord. I don't believe we have a, dis- a unique Discord link yet, but I'm pretty sure if he's... I'm, I'm pretty sure right now, since we have like Nitro and you have to like, you, you have to boost yourself all the way to level three, you can just look up discord.gg uh, slash on Discord. All right. Thank you very much, Tabok99 and Brusque Poet for coming on and joining us again uh, on this episode. It was a pleasure to have you both here on the Realmcast. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you guys for having us. And even though you had me supporting the movie and Brusque uh, attacking the movie, I was amazed at how much we actually agreed on most of the fine points and most of the details. I was just our conclusion. That's where we differed. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious uh, for all of our listeners, like, did this change your mind on anything in the movie? Like, or <laughs> were, your, were your minds already made up? Did this kind of make you reconsider some scenes? Like, leave us a comment or tweet us or something, because I, I want to know what your thoughts on the movie were and if they changed it all from this episode. Uh, so you can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, and you can also find Yanni on the Mortal Kombat Meme Realm. Special thanks to Uppercut Editions, the team behind the fan-made Mortal Kombat compendium, for their continued support. You can follow them at Uppercut LLC on Twitter and the Mortal Kombat Encyclopedia Project on Facebook. You can catch up on all episodes of the Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you. Thanks.